Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Bottom of the Bill. Uh, before we get started today, uh, I just want to thank the sponsors, everybody who's been involved in the episodes in the past. Wicked Barley Brewery, Brews in Riverside, um, Sidecar over in San Marco, Harleston Scotch, Captain Jack Smokehouse up in Fernandina, and then Spliffs downtown. Um, thanks to all those guys. Make sure you're supporting them uh, during this time. I know everyone really needs it right now. And then if you have any questions or unpopular opinions you want to send to us, uh, just do bottomofthebill at gmail.com, and you can reach us and send us whatever shit you want to say, and we'll Is talk about it on the air. Is anything? Huh? Any fan mail? Yeah, we got like one or two. Not not this week we didn't, but like we have in the past. What do they say? Uh, just questions about like what's going on in, with music stuff. Well, let's read it. What we got? We already did. We talked about it already. I don't remember it. Anyways, we have Adam Kenaway on, <laughs> bass player of Bonnie Blue and Danka. <laughs> And uh, so let's let's just let's just get right into it. Tell let's tell all your adoring no, no, fans no, no, out no, there no, a little no, bit about no, yourself. No, 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 oh, the cheers, no, no, right? Oops, oops. Let's get the fucking cheers. Cheers, cheers, y'all. Drinking uh, some DMD. Oh, what a fun guy! I know. What were you saying? I'm taking a break from drinking. Just a tell, little bit. Tell all your adoring fans a little bit about yourself. How did you start playing the bass? Where are you from? Well, I grew up in South Florida. I picked up bass around like 15, and uh, I don't know why I picked it. Just some for some reason it was appealing to me. Um, I've been listening to a lot of music. It was like, especially around that time, like getting into high school and shit. So um, something about the bass just called my name, and I picked one up. I started playing. I was fortunate to get into a uh, like I involved with some people that played, and then um, going through uh, the high school band. Um, I got pulled into jazz band pretty early on. Like, I was terrible. Really? <laughs> I was absolutely awful. But, like, this guy, uh, Evan Rogovan, gave me a chance. And uh, it really just started learning some basics, like the basic elements of music, some, like, simple stuff, like playing blues, playing in time, just the job of a bass player and stuff like that. And that really helped me going forward with stuff I was doing, whether it's in school or outside of school, just personal music projects, too. Nice. So, would you say you started playing bass because you couldn't cut it as a guitar player? <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> I feel like that's like the, the story of most bass players. They're like, I picked up a guitar, it just wasn't for me, which is just code for, I sucked. <laughs> you know, definitely not. I mean, I've obviously been playing a lot more guitar lately, but um, bass was the first instrument I picked up. Guitar kind of came second, just because it was a string instrument and it was easy as shit compared to playing bass. <laughs> is is, the first is guitar that. a string instrument, though? Yeah, maybe. There are strings to it, but so is piano. There's piano Technically, strings. it's a percussion instrument. It is. Uh-huh. is it? No, it's plucked, though. There's not a pluck section in an orchestra. What are you talking about? No, but pluck strings, that's, I don't know. For don't guitar, know. Like, I think the original idea of a guitar was it was like a percussive instrument. Was it? And like the string instruments are like more like violins and, and stuff like that. Have you ever played, like. you ever played a guitar with a, a bow like uh, 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 like Jimmy, Jimmy Page, Page did? used to do? Yeah. <laughs> or like they do it. I always, was, I always get seen? Jimmy Page and Robert Plant mixed up. Just the names. I know who really? each of them are. I just always want to call Jimmy That's Page Robert Plant. I know. <laughs> you ever know. see Spile Tap where he's like yes, using two guitars to yeah, do yeah, it? He's yeah, like yeah. kicking the other one on the yeah. stand. Everybody, so every, if you're a musician and you have not seen Spile Tap, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, you got something wrong with you. That's the best movie. It's so fucking good. It's really it's funny for everybody, but like if you're a musician, it's way funnier. Well, what's the, the what whole album the, though that comes out where they, it's just like it's all black? Yeah, that's the funniest thing in the world to me. I'm just like, yeah, yeah. Well, we couldn't get the one with the the girl because it's all the feminism, but like the it was like we're just gonna make it all black. It's like yeah, it's like a reflection <laughs> of yourself. Reflection. <laughs> well, 
there was like, so many good books. There was one with a cut scene where it was like they were talking about jazz. <laughs> and it was just like, just play the right notes. Or so they said some shit was like, yeah, they, they think they're they think that it's good. I just don't understand. Like it's just all the wrong notes. Yeah. I feel sorry for them. <laughs> oh man. I understand that. That's hilarious. And how can you forget Stonehenge? Yeah. yeah Stonehenge. Oh my god. Yeah, so like, <laughs> you just drew it on a napkin. Yeah. That's one of the best movies ever. I'm gonna watch it later. No. If I have time, jeez. <laughs> Um, so you're not from Jax, you're from South Florida, right? Yeah, I ended up, well, going back to being involved with music in school, um, I moved up to Jacksonville to go to UNF for their jazz studies program. So, uh, were you playing in bands before you moved here? Yeah, I was playing in all sorts of different things, man. Just between, we had like a trio doing some like Jimi Hendrix style, like that's when I started getting into like psychedelic and funk music, really. Um, from that to like jazz funk projects and um, that never really played anywhere <laughs> just seemed to do a lot of uh, like practicing and rehearsing with that type of thing but um the band I used to play out with a lot was a band called uh, Stray Bomb that turned into um uh, Root Hecklers and that was like a punk rock reggae band so that kind of ties into something I've been doing up here with uh, Matt Henderson and Danka. Danka yeah. yeah it's a similar kind of thing like it's something I've been doing uh, for a while in South Florida but it's kind of cool to come up here and just do a different version of it something in the same vein but uh Obviously, a different place. Yeah, for sure. How long have you been playing with Danka for? Was I? Did I play with you? No, I don't think okay. we played together. I was in their band for like all of two shows, and then I, <laughs> yeah, I, like, you're I not gonna. Think I've heard the stories. Yeah, you can't play up beats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I quit. Anyway, yeah. uh, but um, uh, uh, yeah, I was wondering if, if we play together, but I guess not. No, I mean we've. I'm trying to remember, besides playing with Anton together, because we've done a couple gigs like that. Um, that's about it. Is that about it? Was, I think as far so. as us playing together? Okay. Yeah, that's about it. Sorry. Hmm. Yeah, you need sorry. more of that. <laughs> you apologize for that? No, I'm, no, I'm just like, sorry. Oh, we got you. something that's coming. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah uh, I'm missing out, really. No, no, you are. Uh, well, yeah. it's definitely quite an experience. Uh, he'll challenge your ability to keep time. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. It's, like, it's, you know, it's a workout. It's, a, it's definitely a workout. <laughs> Mental and physical. <laughs> Mental sure. and physical. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's, the, Billy just suspends the concept of time when he's playing. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> Does it just not exist. It's just, really, it's just a really suggestion, free. really. <laughs> it's, it's more of like I, I, I have a really bad habit of uh, playing over the beat, and uh, so it's like, I, I, I don't even realize I'm doing it until someone's like, "Dude, slow down." I'm like, "What are you talking yeah. about?" Yeah, I don't think that it's because like I'm bad at music. It's just my brain's like I want to go faster. Well some yeah. people have a tendency like um, to just to push delay in certain different places. I mean for me like working with certain drummers um, it really just clicks instantly but like certain other ones depending on where they really see the beat um, it can be a, it can be a little bit harder to like find a find that groove and find the time. Yeah. Because um, I mean everyone like it's no one's perfect when it comes to time. Like it's like almost like you have to be a robot. Have you ever seen that uh, that movie uh, Beware Ginger Baker? As a bass, oh no, no, sorry, he's a drummer. Sorry, I'm an idiot. But the, <laughs> the, ba- the bass player for Cream, what was his name? Jack he Bruce. Jack, Jack Bruce. Bruce. Yeah. He, uh, 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 there's just like one scene where Ginger Baker's like. I've never met anybody with perfect time except for Jack Bruce. And then it yeah. just cuts to Jack Bruce. He's like, yes, I have perfect time. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it's it. It's one of my favorite scenes ever. I was like, what a tool. But at the same yeah. time, like, maybe, maybe he did. Like, maybe he has perfect time. I don't know what that is. What yeah. And, you know, I've heard it. I've heard of it, too. Like, not, not, not like I have never achieved it. I don't think anybody has. Yeah. But... but I mean, I've heard of, I've heard, I've heard legends of such things, but I haven't encountered someone like that myself. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how to do that. How do you do that? How do you, how do you keep time? 
Uh, we practice to a metronome. For all we're just there's a cool thing that musicians do when they're jamming together. It's called listening. I don't know if you ever heard of that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a big how thing. do you listen while you're playing at the same time? Like, yeah, I don't know. I can barely uh, uh, walk and chew bubblegum. <laughs> yeah. You're in the wrong industry, my friend. Damn. <laughs> I'll just be a DJ. That's definitely much more your speed. I feel like yeah. just four on the floor, repetitive, mindless robot. Yeah. Stuff you know. There's no elitism here. At <laughs> yes. All. Mm-hmm. It's all it's all fun and games here. <laughs> Definitely not serious. Um, all right, so you came up here to go to, to UNF, mm-hmm. and uh, what was that experience like? It was good, man. I was playing. I, was, I mean, I pretty much lived there, like from nine in the morning to midnight every night. I was in that building, just between classes and practicing, and it was really good to just dive completely in and spend those three years that I was there, like, completely immersed in that for the most part. Yeah. You know, that was beneficial. The teachers there are phenomenal. Um, really knew how to, like, push you to a point of, like, almost breaking. <laughs> like, that, like, being, like, hard on you for a reason, like, because they know what to expect out of you and know what you can do. Like, they're all, all around, like, it was a great experience for that. Um, let me say, I did see a lot of people that necessarily, like, didn't quite get the business side of music. And I mean, um, they did teach a music business course, but it was so outdated. And, like it was pretty much talking about vinyl records and like oh my god, music industry and like coming up. Like it did like touched on digital recording and stuff like that. But like it really, it was more about that side, and it didn't really like didn't teach you how to go land a gig and stuff like that. Um, and play like what to do on gigs, like etiquette as it comes to that. You That's know? something I've definitely experienced with, like especially when I was younger working with schooled musicians it was like it was okay well you can obviously play like you have chops but number one mm-hmm. is knowing when and how to use them yeah and number two is just the lack of professionalism or just awareness of like forgetting certain things like on the gig or just like not being aware of like your space not yeah. sonically but just actually just you know physically your space yeah and um just not knowing, like you said, like what the etiquette is. On what the etiquette? Gig. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's not their fault either. Um, they just didn't have. They don't. They don't have that experience. Like I came from a different background. Like, yeah, I wasn't playing music in school for a majority of the time I played music, but um, I still I was out there playing gigs from when I was like sixteen, seventeen. So by the time I got to UNF, I'd been playing gigs for five years. I knew what was going on. Like how to deal with that. And it's funny watching these kids that like, like you said, are incredible players and like they just didn't know what to do when it came to actually like booking or being at a gig at all right right and where do they teach that huh? I mean like cause UNF has like one of the like best jazz programs in the in the country yeah it's incredible but uh, uh then like where, where do you where do you go to learn how to do music business uh, playing gigs you're playing gigs really school life yeah. school life I hard knocks I, I, where do you get degrees in music business there is no one no the, there, 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 there are, definitely is there's, degree, there's degrees in music and I'm business. not saying that like every program is this way but just from the programs that I've experienced like there's really no format to teach that and what's really unfortunate is that like um the teachers there know how to do this. They know how to do this stuff, but I mean, do they or are they teaching? Oh, <laughs> I'm yeah, just they're saying. Te- I'm being no, honest. No, they are teaching, but like, I mean, part they of at least at least or part of UNF still do. At Danny least part of UNF, it's required. Yeah. Um, it's required for them to play. Um, and tour like no every, kidding. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, they have to be like it's part of their um contract is they have to be involved, so, still uh, working in some aspect. So when you did you did uh, UNF. You had to do the large uh, performance ensemble, right? Yeah. yeah who, who, what did you do? 
What do you mean? Uh, well, because I went there too, and uh, they were like, "You play piano. There's only one piano, and everything like that." So you're in chorus now. I'm oh, like, great! I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, there was a couple kids in the jazz program that had to that didn't make it into a big band, but um, yeah. I was always in a large ensemble big band. That's what I wanted to do. I, I I'll be honest with you, my experience at UNF, I I lasted one semester because I yeah. I hated it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you. I don't. Yeah, it was very hard and it's it was brutal. challenging, and yeah. I was I was doing it and everything like that. But that wasn't the reason why I quit. It was because like w- I wanted to go there f- to learn how to play piano better. Yeah. yeah, and they're like, well, yeah, but you're you have to you're, do you're gonna stuff. do that one hour a week, and then the rest of the time you're going to be doing everything else. Which, of course, like you're gonna learn uh, new experiences and everything like that stuff that you never even thought that you needed. Yeah, to know. and that's that's fine. But I was getting pissed. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll do all that extra stuff, but can I get some more piano stuff? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's you're still in the beginning of the program. It I does kind of open up more. I know, you're, yeah, you're, I supposed to take, you're supposed to take private lessons too, right? I do. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. Well, because like, like at have, UM, you had like you were required like private like 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 one or like one hour a week or two hours a week with like a, a private. In a, yeah, with yeah, a, that's with what, a, I yeah. had. That, I had that, but okay. that was it. And then the rest of the time it was oral theory, music theory, chorus, and I'm just like, and chorus was every day. I'm just like, dude, I don't want to do this. And yeah. I didn't want to do. Uh, uh, what was the other thing I had to do? I can't remember. There was one other thing. I think that was it. It was four four classes. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was just like, uh, if if I'm paying this amount of money just to get piano lessons, I'm out. And so yeah. I did. And I feel I feel real guilty for not sticking with it, but at the same time, like, I don't know. I feel like if I was in a big band, I'm like, okay, I'm in. Yeah. No, I wasn't. I was I doing mean, chorus and. God, it yeah, that's bad. tough because there's only a limited number of spots and and those yeah, ensembles and no, stuff I like know, that, but. Um, I was fortunate. I mean, there, the base studio was maybe like um, probably about like five to seven people, and there was usually um, like five to seven spots available for. So like, it wasn't too tough to like. Maybe that's 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 for that for my instrument at least. Like, if you're if you're looking to uh, uh, you know start a band or get into music, like learn bass. Yeah. Learn bass because like you are not. You're not. You're pretty rare. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, that's true. In a town like this, but everyone, uh, like people also get like kind of um possessive over bass players in the same time like uh, having a good reliable solid bass player like it's a commodity that not a lot of people have so when you find someone that's really like really fits with what you're trying to do yeah. um, I've had trouble with that in the past like having like mul- working with multiple bands at a time yeah. and like both pe- like both bands almost like fighting to like get me have priority like have priority of yeah. me I guess you know I'm kind of in the same boat too with being piano because piano's not a commodity either no but I, I still feel like the lowest amount of musicians if there's like a pie chart it's bass is like the tiniest little slice I don't yeah. know maybe that's me probably there, French there, horn too piano too French though <laughs> I think I, know, <laughs> I think I know a fantastic French horn player <laughs> <laughs> probably in Jacksonville though I would say that that bass is probably more common than keys, though. No, as far as like, yeah, people that are readily available to, to, to gig and tour and stuff, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, like on the level. Yeah. I can't. I can't fit any more stuff in. Like I'm <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's like it's like you and and Javian and a couple other. There's other piano and players and, and like Jonah keys players. Yeah. yeah there's, there's there's lots there, of keys right. players, but as far as like gigging ones or and people know, that want to just go on the road and, yeah. and, and do shit like that, like that's a really hard thing to find because you don't really make a lot of money on the so road I at first. Be getting paid. No. <laughs> is what you're saying. Yeah. Well, then you then you can contribute to the cost of the record that we're putting out that has your music on there getting recorded <laughs> at no cost to you, right? Ooh, what are you talking about? <laughs> I, 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 I don't know what you're talking about. Anyways, um, so no the experience cost. at UNF, um, what, 
would you say like, a lot of guys I, I met go, uh, going to music school had a hard time gigging because it was so like demanding of their time. Do you did you find it to be the case at all? Not necessarily. I mean, it did demand a lot of time, but um, I didn't really have too many conflicts gig wise. Like, the most like at the time I wasn't gigging too often. It was mostly weekends. So like, um, it'd obviously be a crunch to get like assignments done and stuff while still like going out and playing from like nine to two in the morning or something like that. Yeah. Time wise, like with um, travel and everything, but um, for the most part, like. Get, they didn't have too much of a conflict. They were usually pretty cool about it. I mean, um, if you had like a really, really killer gig, like I think there was one time I was going up to New York and I had to miss a rehearsal or something like that, they were pretty flexible about it. Yeah, for shit like that, I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. I remember when we were working, when I was living down south and uh, a bass player who I won't mention his name uh, was had just joined the band and... Uh, we had issues with rehearsals and with gigs in general just because it was he was it was also around like midterm time and then then when finals came around it was always like and it was he was also a senior at the time so you had like his senior recital that he had to do and like have all these two two like different styles yeah well it was like you had to have a funk fusion tune composed you had to have a bebop tune written and, and and like hire all the people to perform with you for free basically because you know they're not paying you money for the gig and then you have to have like a like a jazz fusion tune so it's three different tunes and three different styles of jazz that you had to have composed uh charts written for everybody and then having the players on the gig and then perform it right and, and have your charts all look right and then you as get well. a piece of paper that says that hey you can play music well it was just it was just yeah well <laughs> I don't, I don't the, point the, point be, the, the point being that it was difficult for him to commit to a lot of stuff because of how much time the schooling took up and it was like i I always found like the irony it's okay well you're you're going to school to be a musician and to play shows and uh, the other aspects as well but like you don't have time to do any of that stuff and learn like you're learning how to be an amazing musician but you're not learning how to be like a working musician i guess yeah well i mean not just me but like there's a lot of people that found a balance for that jvn was one of them eric lofgren uh, Stefan, um, there's a lot of people that are able to out, go out and gig and still fit that in, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, for me, I got my associates down in South Florida, so I didn't have to take any core classes. I was... Did you go to Palm Beach State? Uh, Palm Beach State College, nice, yeah. yeah. Actually, I got a funny story about that. So, um, speaking of what you were talking about earlier, how many different classes and stuff you had to take, when I, uh, when I first got to Palm Beach State College, I didn't really know what I was going to do. Um, I hadn't settled on music yet by any means, but um, I was taking like business classes, science classes. I was still up in the air. And then one day um, I found out that they had a little jazz combo um, at the uh, in the music program. So I went to go talk to the band director, David Gibble, and I was like, yeah, I'm interested in playing in your, uh, um, your jazz combo. He's like, oh, great. What do you play? Bass. He's like, oh, perfect. We need a bass player. Everybody needs a bass player, <laughs> Right. Um, he's like, so, so you're going to have to take... Um, uh, piano one, ear training and sight singing one, music theory one. You're gonna have to be in a large ensemble and private lessons. So that was what five classes. Yeah. I was like, and then the and they're all really easy. And then know. the music lab. <laughs> and I was like, how do I do that while taking like the core classes? Because I had another like four core classes. That's what I had He's too. like, yeah, you have nine classes now. Yeah, that's, that's exactly <laughs> so why like, I dropped out. I'm like, I can't do this. And then I have like three jobs. Jesus yeah, Christ. I think there was one point where um, I think the maximum number of credit hours you could have is eighteen. 
I was taking like 11 classes on the books, and I was in another two ensembles outside of it. Oh my god! And that, yeah, and I think I had like a 40-hour-a-week job working in a movie theater at the time too. Thing, too. Like, so I don't know yes. how the fuck I did that. Yeah. I'm never gonna like. Yeah, unless you, unless you're taking out a loan, and that's the only really way. I don't think if you can afford to do that to yeah. take out a loan to go to college and then, like that's all you do. You don't you don't work. You don't do anything. Yeah. Well, no, it, it is. You do yeah. music school, and then you can ace it. It's got to do wonders though for your ability to work under the gun. Oh, that's what I was right? saying. Yeah, I mean, I'm great at that now. Yeah. <laughs> I am. And yeah, yeah, no, you are. But I, it's just like the the, the um, I think that it, it probably helps to developing your ear as well because you have to really rely on your ear so much more, like rather than the practice time. You know, like for me, whenever I have a gig coming up, it's just a one-off or or I'm learning a bunch of tunes I've never had to play before, I practice for weeks ahead of time. Like, I get my set list, and I and I work at every little intricate detail of the song. I try and work out and, and make sure that I know it, because I didn't have to ever work under that crunch. I mean, other than, like, somebody oh. sending me a set list a week before, like, a couple days before a gig, then obviously that, like, that's crunch time. But, like, having to work with that limited amount of time at that point in your life, that's got to really be an advantage. It's like down the line. Yeah, no, it, it teaches some valuable skills with that. But um, what I would say is that like all the mu- really successful and really like the musicians that I like, I really respect in town. That didn't go to school, do do what you did. They spend a lot of time practicing. Um, they spend a lot of time on the music, and so like I mean, for me, going to school kind of like forced me into that situation. Because I don't know if I would have had the attention span to force myself to learn all all that stuff without it, but right. it's not necessary. It's something that works for me. But it, if it doesn't work, it, like if someone didn't have the opportunity to do that, there's other ways to go about the like, same result. It's almost it's, like going into like the army of music if you think about it. Yeah, it's like it's, it's a boot camp. camp. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. No, uh, yeah, for sure. And I get that. I don't know. I did it. I got in. I was good enough to get in. And I, I fucking. Dropped out. Yeah. I dropped out hard. I, well, you I also just did the classical program, which is, a which is a different thing, though, right? Uh, it is definitely, but it's not like it's any easier. Not that it's easier, <laughs> no. but I mean, it's like because instead of learning like you know, I don't know Miles Davis or whatever, you're learning like fucking Beethoven and Chopin, and it's hard. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just to me, it sounds like because of just um, the way like your 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 mindset in general when it comes towards music, it sounds like you probably would have had a better time. In, in the jazz program even though you don't really like jazz that much it's more of just like the fact that you like to improvise and the fact that you like to kind of explore different ideas yeah. uh, classical is so much more str- like to the point where it's like okay what was the sound that they made 300 years ago okay emulate that exactly yeah. and then play well, it exactly how it's written and don't deviate at all from the playbook that's true but uh, I want to make a point that um, UNF has one of at the time at least it was one of two colleges in the country that required all classical majors to take an improv class, and uh, Dr. Gary. I didn't have to take that. Dr. Gary Smart made. Yeah, that's the guy who interviewed he, me. Yeah, he made every single classical major. It was at some point, I don't, like in the program. I don't think it was the first year. But where did um, you go? I was there 2011 to 2014. I went there in 2000 and 2007 to 2009. Yeah. I think yeah. So I guess it was after. Yeah, possibly. I paid the way. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. What do you think about bud? I'm trying to think of the time frame. <laughs> what, you said you, what, what, what year? What time were you there from? 2011 to 2014. And that was the other thing too. Is is I, I feel like it it was too hard for me uh, as an 18 year old kid. Like yeah. I, I'm like 
this is way too much. Oh, me. yeah. But I'm, I feel like if I went back now, I'd be like, yeah, I can ace. Not ace it, but probably I, so. I'd be like, I could do it now. So you were older when you went then? Yeah, no. So, I, I mean, I was 21 when I got to UNF. Okay. Um, like I said, I went to like I went to state college right? for three years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like normal. normal yeah. Thing. Okay. Okay. I got gotcha. you. So, I mean, yeah, three years there, three and a half years at UNF. Oh right, because you went right in from from high school. From high school yeah. Okay, and then you yeah. went, you did your associate. Okay. Yeah. yeah no, yeah, I'm really, I'm together. really glad I went and got my associates first. Like I said, I also could knock out all my math, science, like all the standard credits. So I was doing the same thing. You were doing at Palm State, but. At UNF, whereas like oh, you're also taking for I was taking biology. You know, yeah, it's uh, insane. Comparative religion, that was my favorite class. Yeah, yeah. It's like I know a lot about this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when you got to Jacksonville, did you? Oh, well, I guess after you, you were playing in bands, what, what was the first like real creative project you got involved in that you were, you know, committing to and playing gigs regularly and stuff? Um, regularly playing gigs. All right, so I'm trying to remember the timeline. The f- but um, when I really started going out and meeting musicians and jacks, um, there was the Fritz was out playing gigs. Um, I met Lucky Costello and Spore through that. So I knew the, kind of like the, the, that's my introduction to like the jam scene around here. But I started going up to, uh, I lived in Neptune Beach, and I was going to Fly's Tie on Tuesday nights for the open mics. And it was um, Shane, this is back when uh, Matt from Dirty Pete um, was hosting it with him. And I would go out there and... Um, once Shane realized I was pretty decent at bass, um, he would just have me fill in for him all the time so he could take a break. Nice. Which is great for me. I mean, I started playing, meeting, playing with a lot of people. Um, but like around the same time, I got clued in with um, John Parker Urban. And uh, I was doing playing with the Parker Urban Band. And then some, like I'm trying to remember timeline-wise, like I said, like the, uh, Shane introduced me to uh, uh, Paul Ivey. Okay. And... Um, and then I met Westbrook through that and B. Gale, and we was, I was playing with the Ivy West Band for a little bit. Um, got fired from them. Uh, Why'd you get fired? I, no, no hot seat <laughs> questions here. <laughs> I just thought it's a fun story. Oh, no, I mean, I got a, I got a ton of stories about being fired in Jacksonville. It's happened a bunch. I think you, haven't you fired me once? <laughs> I was going to bring that up, but yeah. We get <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, like, honestly, You're like. You're taking it very well. Oh, no, it's, I'm, I'm it's glad never, it's never personal. It's never, no, it's never, it's never personal. It's, it's usually my fault. <laughs> um, <laughs> so good. But no, like honestly, that's like I spent a couple of years getting fired from pretty much every band in Jacks. Even um, like you asked about uh, creative projects. It was kind of like the first creative project that was kind of my own thing was Squeedlepuss. Okay. And I put that together towards the end of my senior year. You put that together? Yeah. Nice. How did you meet Paul? Uh, so, Paul, I knew from I knew him from Chroma. From, yeah, 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 that's right. Would you um, play with them? I didn't play with Chroma. Like their I, bass player was named Adam too. I their bass name was Adam Montavani. Yeah, I was just like no, and I used to like, like, like that was another thing. I used to go out and see a lot of live music um, on Fridays. Dan Hunting and uh, Eric Lofgren or Javian, and I think um, uh, Nico Limbo would do a trio at Landshark. It's like seven to nine. So I'd go check that out every I Friday, remember, and I started yeah, sitting and with them. Play after them, I'd be like, yeah. yeah then like they'd, yeah, they'd be done, and like it'd like Lucky Costello or Spore or something would set up, and there'd be a show. That's cool. Yeah. I used to go see Paul all the time at a uh, Sundog and Neptune Beach. It's where Flying Iguana Lynch, is right uh, now. Monkey's Uncle is Lynch or Lynch. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, I know. But no, Squidlepo started. I really wanted to open for um, Mike Dillon, this uh, jazz punk vibraphone player. Yeah, yeah, the Mike Dillon band. The Mike Dillon band. Yeah. Did you ever so see the Dead Kenny G's. Yeah, God, I got a chance to catch him in 21. It was amazing. 
Yeah, that's a Skerrick too. Yeah. Jesus. I don't know what happened to Skerrick? Jesus, he was the best. Oh, uh, he's doing a live stream tonight. No way, really? Yeah. Okay, I have to check him out. Yeah. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. Again. Um, yeah, where was I? Um, so yeah, I wanted to open for the Mike Dillon band, and um, I would, I've known Javian for since back in South Florida. We went to Palm Beach State College together, so um, I'd picked up with him and uh, Eric Lofgren, this other keyboard player. I'd asked if he wanted to join. So we had two keyboard players, and it was me and Stefan Klein on drums. It was our first Squeedlepuss gig. Wait, that was at Jackrabbits, right? That was at 1904. Okay, never mind. Sorry. And so the deal is I had him rehearsing for about two months, um, and I hadn't actually booked the gig. I just really wanted to play that gig. And this is back before I really knew Jason Honeycutt too well. So like, it, like I'd sent him a message and I hadn't really heard back. Um, but... uh. On that, like the last rehearsal we had was like a Sunday. This gig was on a Thursday. And I was like at Urchel's, like, so what's the details? Like load in time and shit like that. And I got Jason's number and I called him. I was like, yo, do you need someone to open up for this Mike Dillon band? I see you still got a spot. And he's like, yeah, absolutely. Come on. Oh my God. I got so fucking lucky. So funny. But I had the band rehearsing for like two months before, um, before this gig just to like because I wanted to open for Mike did you tell did you tell them that afterwards no no no, no. <laughs> when you when you were starting the band did you tell them that I uh, told them I had the gig okay, yeah, yeah. Right, that's okay. Okay. absolutely you gotta lie in this business sometimes you gotta lie you gotta lie you gotta lie to these people sometimes yeah and I think I forgot if Dan and Paul were both there but they both joined like shortly afterwards we had the two guitar players yeah I remember uh I got fired from that band, too. Wow. <laughs> from your own band. Yeah, from my own band. Adam's an enigma, I'll tell you that. <laughs> you got fired from the, your own band? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude, that's pretty rough. Well, it's, that's the thing. When you assemble a group of musicians that are that talented and that, um, like, really on it, like, I hired a bunch of people that are better than me, and so, like, I was the weak link in the band at some point, and it just wasn't cutting it with the material that they were trying to keep go forward and do, so... They let they yeah, let you they go. They let me go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they let you go. Yeah. Didn't sound, that was definitely a crash experience too, though. Kind of firing, you know. Yeah. What I mean? But uh, okay. I did like Squeedlepuss a lot. That was one of my favorite bands in Jackson. Yeah, I was a fan. I, I <laughs> yeah, I was a fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. By the time I moved here, they 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 were kind of on on the way out, but they were still doing like a. They still had a couple shows. I had seen them a couple times. Stefan was on drums. Yep. Uh, who was playing bass? Uh, Mike Perez. Okay, yeah. He was yeah. an animal, too. Yeah, he's a beast. Um, I just remember seeing him, and I was like, this is... Man, when I got to Jacksonville, the scene was, was so fucking hot, man. It was like Herda Watts, Squeedlepuss, John Par- uh, Parker Urban Band. It was like... It, like all yeah. these bands were like just on fire. And Bonnie Blue was another one that I had seen a little bit later on, but it was like... Yeah. All, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't see you guys, but yeah, Lucky Costello for sure. Uh, <laughs> Green, like Greenhouse Lounge Greenhouse was still Lounge. kind of around. The Fritz. The Fritz, I mean, well, the Fritz was gone by the time I got the Fritz here. Fritz and Chroma. I mean, so Jacksonville, it always seems to go through waves, man. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's waves of, like, really good bands popping up and being around for a while, and then, like, people move on and do different things or, like, move away. It's just the natural flow of things, yeah. it seems like. And then, like, I think, honestly, like, I feel like we're on a, a good upswell right now. Yeah, There's really some great bands in town. For sure. It seemed like, you guys, yeah, we, we uh, were, the Vagabonds are really developing to a so kick-ass rock band, you know? We were, like, yeah. fighting over gigs and stuff like that whenever, like, a big-name band would come to town. Like, every single band oh, was yeah, like, yeah. We, want it, we want it, we want it. Well, that's for Lucky Costello rivalry. Spore, was that was another one that was around, yeah. yeah. I, I, we we all are friends, and so we were like, let's just keep this rivalry going because it's fucking yeah. hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> no, it was great. It's good pr- press or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, but uh, 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 yeah, I, I thought that was interesting too. It's just like kind of just went. Yeah, yeah. yeah it Tennessee happens. showed up. 
<laughs> well, then I'm fucking like you creating literally a, just said fuck, that. Did you I'm not, I'm that literally you showed up. I'm died. literally the, the 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 I'm literally like like salvaging the Jacksonville scene salvaging. right now. We got a fucking <laughs> podcast going, nice. sidles on the road, okay. fucking salvaging. crushing it. We got an out, we got albums coming out, bro. We're fucking. I'm I'm the Jacksonville dropping album savior. On? I'm just saying. No. <laughs> Adam's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, next you question, please. <laughs> <laughs> Move on. <laughs> Um, anyway, but yeah, I think we are definitely on an upswing now because, um, like you said, them Vagabonds, Ben Strock, Full Electric, Bonnie Blue's still oh, yeah, crushing, man. and like, um, yeah, I mean, like, and like, we've been doing a lot of stuff, and, and Greenhouse, Greenhouse Lounge is back, back on the rise, you know? so it's like, there's a lot of good stuff going on right Wrote now, for sure. Yesterday, actually. Nice. Yeah. Gonna be a banger. Oh yeah, because that's what I do. Oh, LPT also. I write bangers. LPT is also pretty badass. He writes songs that if you could put it in a pill, you could probably sell it as Nyquil. Okay, just listen to the new record and tell me every banger on that song, and then you're gonna be like on that on that album, and then you're gonna listen to Billy's tune and be like, yeah, it's cool, but everything else is just so fucking epic. Yeah. That like <laughs> I just and those and all the epic ones are, are my songs. I'm just saying, you know, they're fucking. It take you on a journey. Your songs are like I just did God. a line of blow, and I'm fucking, <laughs> and I'm like ready to go for about half an hour. Then I'm calling it quits. Uh, my songs are like you <laughs> took you took really good like acid, and you're on a fucking journey for the rest of the night. You know what I mean? That's what my songs are like. I'm just saying. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, whatever you say, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Okay. Um, so, going from like, so were you in Squealpuss first, or were you like with Ivy West and? Uh, um, I was with Ivy West. Um, that's the reason I ended up leaving Parker Urban Band um, was because Squealpuss has kind of taken precedent at that time, and uh, John needed someone more available. And that was like it was also it was between Squealpuss and School. Like, like it it did come up every once in a while that School would be an issue with like. I couldn't be in like two or three bands at the same time, right? But like, um, yeah. So that's I parted ways with, uh, with John, and I was a Squeedlepuss for about what two years or so. The band really didn't wasn't that long lived. Um, but after that, uh, I ended up talking to I talked to Bradley about uh, Bonnie Blue. He'd heard that I just gotten fired from Squeedlepuss, but it was like, hey, you're pretty damn good. <laughs> So uh, I need a bass player because Shane at the time wasn't available enough. He was the old bass player for Bonnie Blue. Oh right, yeah. yeah. Okay. And then I, so I told Bradley um, that Shane had my number, and uh, the gig, he passed the gig on to me, and I've been with them for the last six years or so. Nice. What's yeah. that experience wow, been that, like? Bonnie Blue's been around for that long. I didn't know. Well, that. it's also it's been around for year, a couple of years before that. Bradley's, no kidding. Bradley had the band going about two or three years before. Has it always been called <laughs> Bonnie Blue? Yeah. Wow, I didn't know it was that long. So. Uh, what when did Willis get involved with Bonnie Blue? Willis got involved around the same time, so um, okay. I think that was so the time when I talked to Bradley it was the same weekend that um, Panic did their first uh, St. Augustine run, and uh, Willis and Bradley um, had been talking about playing together for a while, but it just never worked out. Willis had a band up in St. Simons, Bradley was busy and already had like, um, but Bradley was busy, but he always wanted Willis to come down and play. It just never worked out. And then they ran into each other um, at this panic show, and uh, Willis had just recently like uh, his band had moved on. I think his um, singer moved to Colorado. Okay. So they they just split up. So he was a free agent, and uh, Bradley just happened to run into him at the right time. 
Nice. Yeah. And Al Willis is kind of like taking over the band a little bit. Like he's like doing the booking and a lot of, and a lot of the. Yeah, he's definitely taking the role of a like a band leader, and um, uh, he does handle a decent bit of like the booking and stuff like that. And uh, like I said, he's yeah, he's definitely taking that role. He stepped up to it. Like he's um more inclined to that role than like Bradley is. Right. You know, like that's one of the things you got to play to the strengths of the band. Um, allow like people's strengths to be utilized in the right way, you know? Right. Right. So Willis has been great for keeping us organized and keeping us moving. And, uh, he really does a lot for the band for sure. Yeah. And that fucking bus you guys have is badass. I love that thing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We just got it working again. Um, Oh really? It was out. Oh yeah. It just needed some maintenance and stuff. Yeah. But yeah. How big of a bitch is that to, like, go on tour with and, like, okay, we got to find a place for this thing? It's kind of a pain in the ass. I mean, there's been a couple minor accidents on tour. I'm getting another I've drink, couple, you guys. Anyone uh, need a drink? Sorry. I know. I'm, I'm good right now. Uh, I was going to say, uh, uh, one of the things that I always had problems with is whenever I had a trailer, and this was just in a Ford Expedition and a trailer behind me, is trying to play in Savannah. Oh, and, yeah, like, God. Got in those tiny little streets. Those little alleyways. Like, I just imagine, like, yeah, we're going to play Barrel House South tonight. Have you guys ever done that before? Yeah, we've played on, Yeah, that just parked in that little alley. But do you take that bus? No, for okay, stuff right, like that. Right. The bus is really for um, like multi-day trips. Right. I just was thinking, like, how the hell do you wrangle a school bus down there? Oh, yeah. No, there's been some sketchy trips uh, going out to Colorado. There's that been some tight sense. squeezes and stuff. Yeah. Like I said, there's just like a couple minor mishaps <laughs> throughout along the way. Who drives the bus? Willis uh, does? Willis does most of the driving um, in city, but like the... The band takes tor- takes turns uh, driving for like the big leg out to Colorado because we do that in one trip. Isn't that illegal? Oh, uh, we after all no. in the insurance policy. Yeah, it, we're, everyone's insured. Oh, I thought I just thought you had to have a certain license to drive a school bus. Oh no, no not for not that a bus. school bus. It's though. a regular. Yeah. What am I thinking of? It's it's like a community like like you know like the, uh, those community buses that you see go around like the smaller oh. not, not the city buses or the school buses yeah. the smaller. It before. I thought I, I had it's like a, like a church bus like oh, a, yeah like okay. a shuttle bus never mind but, then. but it's got four bunks in the back and uh, a couple awesome. benches uh, there's space in the back behind it for gear it works out really well for us if we don't have to bring a PA but there's plenty of space for us to so do you guys sleep, like uh, stretch out a little bit yeah sure. do you guys like uh, drive overnight and that that's what your deal is yeah so still don't have a driver but like one of you gets to sleep. Or one of you has to stay awake during the night? Yeah. Um, well, since I... I mean, I was just recently got my license back a couple weeks ago. But, like... Um, so, I've never been... I've never driven the bus. Um, but, yeah, we drove... Like, we'd always take it straight from... Uh, we'd leave straight from Georgia all the way 30 hours. It usually takes about 36 hours to get to Denver. Jesus. That um, sounds amazing. <laughs> no, I really yeah, yeah, love to drive. So, I really love driving. But, so, we did it in, like, 8 to 10 hour shifts. Um, and... Uh, I mean, I would do the late night co-pilot role since that's pretty much the best I could do at the time. That's what he it's does. I do, role, yeah. I do the late night because he can't see it at night. I yeah. can't see it at night. It's that's terrible. why I, I drive after every game. We did make Sean drive all the way through Kansas. <laughs> that's like the most boring drive of your it's life. Horrible. Yeah. You think no, Florida is a bad drive? Kansas is literally <laughs> the worst. Yeah, yeah, Kansas is pretty bad. Uh, it's um, just nine hours of nothing. So, what, what was was Bonnie Blue the first band that you joined that was actually like touring and doing that kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, uh, Squidlepuss had done like a little bit of light touring, traveling around Florida and such. Um, but Bonnie I've, Blue, it goes out though. Like, you guys go out to like, Colorado and like. Yeah, yeah, like a lot of times in the south, like we'll do small weekend stuff in the southeast where we can hit a couple places, or like a four day run. We can go out a little farther. Um, I've done a couple tours. I did a tour with Daryl Hance once. Um, okay. That was all the way up to Philly and back. But uh, yeah, for the most part, it's been. Um, 
Been a lot of touring with Bonnie Blue. Danke used to tour a lot more. We used to go up to up the East Coast quite a bit. Right, yeah. I, kinda, I wanted to ask you about that, too. Like, when did you get involved with Matt? I started talking to him around the same time as I started playing with Bonnie Blue, um, but it didn't quite come together for, like, another year or so. Okay. Um, Richard and Matt at the time were just playing as a duo, and Matt was doing some looping stuff, like he'd uh, loop bass lines and go and play guitar over it and stuff like that. Right. Well, I've been talking to I talked to him for a while. Um, we finally started getting together, maybe like six months to a year after I started talking to him. Uh, but then, yeah, we started playing quite a bit. We used to play a lot back then, like traveling up to as far as like uh, North Carolina and back on the East Coast. Down to South Florida quite a bit and stuff too. Right. Um, but yeah, and then we started working on the album. That took a couple, like took a while to <laughs> end up finishing, but. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, it was there was a while where like Dunk and Bonnie Blue were both like working quite heavily too. That's like what I was talking about, like trying to find. It's hard to find a balance as a bass player, worth with two like committed like original acts that I really stand behind and really love. Right. Um. Like trying to find a time to balance both of them without like cutting one out and stuff like that. Like, it would be an issue sometimes where I couldn't make both gigs. Where you could make both gigs? Yeah, because I'd, be, I'd, I'd get double booked somehow, um, and like the band would still want to play with without me or whatever, you know? Yeah. So that happened a couple times. Um, Danga hasn't really been playing that much lately, but uh, we are going back into the studio. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, Matt's been Matt's been up there once to really kind of get like a, a foundation down on the tracks that we're going to start working on, and I think uh, next week, actually, we're going up there for two days to start working on those. Hell yeah, where are you guys recording that? Uh, Stan Martell's studio up in uh, St. Mary's. Nice. Okay, cool. Yeah. I've heard great things about that place. Yeah, he's great, especially with the Danka stuff. The album is, like, super polished. Yeah. And, like, when it comes out, it's, it's great for that, like, pop sensibility, pop rock. Like, for sure. I really haven't heard too much of his stuff, like, in the jam realm or anything like that, but, like, everything that he does, like, metal-wise and, um, like, with Danka, like, the punk rock reggae, like, it's really clean and really good, pretty good sound. Yeah. Nice. Hell yeah. What was it? What What was it like for you? Like, first joining up with two bands that were going on the road and doing that kind of stuff. Was it like a, like an exciting experience? Was it like an adjustment to get used to being on the road? No, I mean, because um, even even without that, like I'd be traveling. I used to play a lot in like Georgia with Bonnie uh, before Bonnie Blue with a uh, Parker Urban Band. Okay, we'd go up to Brunswick quite a bit, and like we travel like St. Augustine. Like so, it was, it was similar for me to like traveling like an hour to a gig. It's just as we're traveling three hours to a gig. It wasn't really that much of a difference. Right, right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've always like I've kind of always enjoyed it. It's like it's definitely not what I like expected it to be before I started touring. Because uh, usually, like, you figure you're going to all these cities, you get to see all these cool places and stuff like that. But it's really just like you get to load in, see the fucking, uh, see the venue. You get to see a lot it. of days in and yeah. like days ends. Yeah, like kind of. Cra- I've been to a lot of Cracker Barrels. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very. They strange. all look yeah. the same. <laughs> There's sometimes you though if you get lucky where you have a like if you're on an extended tour like when I was at Rock and Jake we'd be out for a month or two months at a time. And sometimes you'd get like like a couple like two days off or something, and you're in yeah. the same city, so you get to explore the city and places, and that's super cool if you get to do that. But most of the time, you're just you're load like you get to the gig, you load up or you load out or whatever, and then you 
play, and then you're done, and then you go to the hotel, and then you go to the next place. Yeah, yeah so absolutely. It's a lot work, of just yeah. Dr- yeah, a lot of just driving through shit. And no, just for sure. A lot of mundanity, too. There's not, there's, like, at least for, like, Side Hustle is not the party band. So it's no. like, we, we, <laughs> we go to, to the, we go, we go to the hotel, uh, we hang out, maybe play some poker. Yeah. We go to the Always. venue to load in. We play the show. We go back to the hotel. Maybe play some more poker. And then we're off to the next spot. Yeah. So it's like you always have the, like these ideas of like going on the road and partying and like being this glamorous lifestyle. And at least for us, it's really just kind of hanging out and waiting to get to the next show. Yeah. Um, well, I did. I for, I was talking to someone recently that. Um, so this is secondhand from Dave Watts the Motet to a friend of mine. I was talking about um, when the Motet goes out and tours, they plan, um, if they're going to a city or a state they haven't been to, they plan on time as part of their schedule to go do something cool. That's sick. Yeah, it's um, super smart. So, like, yeah, exactly. If there's something, like, a part of the country they haven't been to, like, some cool thing, like, I think last time they were in Florida, he'd never been to the Springs, so a friend of his took him out to the Springs, and he was saying how incredible it was. That's what's up. And, like, just to, like, do stuff like that, um, Body Blue, last time we were in Colorado, we ended up in Steamboat Springs for a couple of days off. Right. Which is nice. It's the day after my birthday, too. Nice. <laughs> so, Hell um, yeah. So we had a couple of days there. We ended up floating down the river um, and just checking out a couple spots around town. Like, that was that was nice. Um, we've ended up with a couple, like a day off or two in Denver. Um, but for the most part, yeah, you're right. Like, you're just going out there. You're going to play a gig. You're going to do work. It's a job. Yeah, if you don't plan it, because, like, every single second is, like, precious, basically. But... There was a couple of times, like the, what about that time that we did that tour and we came back down and we're like, hey, we're gonna spend an extra day in uh, Georgia and go see fish. Yeah, we, oh, we, yeah, yeah, we, we did saw, that. We saw him in Alpharetta. So there is the Sunday show too. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was yeah, that was an awesome one. There, you do get some experiences like that. Well, Sean sometimes. had that one planned the whole time. Exactly. <laughs> that's, definitely. But that's <laughs> the point. It's like you have to you have to have it planned. You, uh, there's there's no and then you have to have an extra day. It's not like hey, we're in you know. I don't know and wherever extra, we are, and that extra day can cost you a little bit of money too. Because aside oh, from, oh I know, oh, yeah. it's like gas and hotels and just time, you know, food, eating out, and and you know we spent money on the tickets obviously, but like just those extra, like the one extra day adds like this whole other aspect to your to your overhead. It would be yeah. awesome if like you were like a either like a comedian or a uh, uh, even like on a baseball team and you're there for three days, you know what I mean? Yeah. And doing like the same city and like yeah, then you can go out and do stuff and everything because yeah, all your stuff's there and everything, but like if you're going if you're on tour the next day it's like if you don't if you don't come back and you don't sleep uh, day one the rest of the fucking tour is fucked. Yeah, you're so no. you're just trying to play catch up, and there's no time to catch up at all. When my dad was was touring when he was younger, he was telling me about like back in the 70s and 80s, they would do residencies at places. So yeah. and sometimes they, they do them so now that's at, a great at idea. smaller clubs. If you're a band that's like playing theaters or something, and you happen to just catch a a smaller club because it's, it's a smaller market, or because you couldn't book the theater, like you'll do two or th- like you'll do like two nights back to back. But back 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 in the day, it was like they were doing like four nights, you know, like in Atlanta or something, and then they'd go to the next next place and be like, and at the same club. So like my dad got to know several different cities like really well just from doing that, which yeah. is super cool. I wish they would do that that kind of thing now. I wonder why yeah. they. I guess just because it's like smaller venues, so not enough people could get tickets or. Uh, that kind of thing or yeah it's just uh, maybe like, I think that it's like it's also different when you're like like a like a touring act on original music and people don't know who you are like you, you can't sell you can't sell tickets to a club it's it's hard enough for you to get 20 people in the door in a new in a new market when you're oh, not a coming band 
Uh, there's no reason to do two nights. It would just eat away at your overhead like crazy. I wonder if it would make more sense to do it like that. Go tour and be like, we're going to be in this city for three days for a weekend. Well, it would make sense if you do different clubs in that city. Well, of course, yeah. yeah. But like, it seems to me like the only reason why you don't do that is so that you know people come to this show because we're going to be here, and then you go away from that so people don't you know saturate the market with your own material. Right. No. But but at the same time, you could also pick up a lot of momentum, like with people coming to see you one night that just found out about you. You're like, oh shit, you're playing tomorrow. Yeah, at a as opposed club to like like something. telling them like, oh man, yeah, we're, we come through like we come through Savannah every three months. We should like, do that. We should we should try that out and see if it works. Well, I don't we know. Should, I used to do that. Denka used to do that in Hilton Head in South Carolina. Yes. Yeah, we did. We did Yeah, the boardwalk, the tiki place. Ugh. We never played the tiki place. We played the boardwalk and a couple other of the. I love the same the owners, other venues. I love the Tiki Hut. The place I've been is there so much fun. Are you yeah. insane? Are you really? kidding me, bro? Oh those people, God. whatever we play there, it doesn't, <laughs> matter, it doesn't matter what we play. They love it. They, they're That's just not like, a good thing. I just I love it. Man, it's, but it, it, they pay really well. They do, and, <laughs> and it's also a Tiki Hut on the beach at a Hilton. That's okay. <laughs> we got much merch we, 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 we sold at that at that place. I'm just saying, it's just looking like a cover gig. Yeah, of course it's a cover gig, but it's like, but you know, the, then we have like the there's there's this element of of like you have like anchor dates and then you have like your filler dates and your yeah. filler dates help to pay for those anchor dates because let's face no. it if you're selling tick if, yeah. if you're doing a ticketed event in let's say atlanta and you're you've never played in atlanta before you're not selling tickets to that show you might get lucky and have and have a local opener or you're opening for a local band and you get some people through that but other than that you're not going to make any money on that that night so you do, you know, you make that like your Friday or your Saturday. Right. You do Wednesday, Thursday. You do bar gigs, play your music, get decent guarantees, pay for the hotels and the gas, and then maybe have one more date after your anchor date. I got it. All I'm trying to say is you were just like, I love that place. And I'm I like, do love that place. Why? Because <laughs> it's why? fun. Because, it's, because you can still do your original music. Now, if you're playing at a bar where people don't want to hear shit other than like Last Dance and Mary Jane, then those are the places that I hate. If you can go to a bar and play for three or four hours, even though you're playing a lot of covers and you're doing your original music and people people are digging it and like they're buying your shit afterwards, that to me is still that that's that's laying good groundwork so you can yeah. go and do a ticketed show in those cities. Because if they like you and they like they know that they like your music, they'll buy a ticket to see you the next time you're there. Yeah, but it's yeah. a vac- it's a vacation spot, so like they're not. They're yeah, that's the there. thing. But yeah. Yeah, a lot of people aren't from there. I get it. It's just, I don't know. I've just I've never had a bad time playing there. Let me put it that way. I haven't had a bad time playing there. It's just definitely not my favorite spot. I mean, you also you just never know. Like um, playing, you can play all sorts of gigs in random places, and then uh, let me see an example. Um, so Body Blue played out in Colorado, and someone that saw us out in Colorado ended up hiring us for a festival, like a small, like pretty much a festival party type of thing in his house. Yeah, you never a couple know. years later, I mean, you never know who you're going to meet, and like, I definitely advise like all local original music, all bands that play original music, um, to travel, just get out and go play other places. Like, there's, yeah. like Jack. One of the advantages of Jacksonville that def- South Florida definitely never had was that we're on the, the I-95 and I-10. Yep. So it's like, what, what was that shot. trip to New Orleans? Like nine hours? Yeah, um, about nine hours, yeah. In nine hours, you can get damn near up through South Carolina, um, North Carolina to Tennessee. Yeah. Um, Asheville's like seven hours. Atlanta's five. Savannah's three. Yeah. Then you can go back. Like, just go straight down south, too. Yeah, and, yep. sa- and exactly. So that was one of the things. Um, a lot, I see a lot of friends of mine from South Florida that are playing like whenever they try to do original music it just never really goes anywhere because they can't get out and can't travel. get out and do anything they can't get out of the state 
It's one of the reasons I didn't go back down to South Florida after I graduated. Well, it's like you're in like this little hot spot, you know, like South Florida. Like it's it, it's a tri county area, so you yeah, there's Dade, a lot of people Broward down there. and and Palm Beach. There's a lot of people down there, and it's a it's a big market, right? Yeah. But like then, there's this there's this basically like abyss until you get to Tampa yeah. or Jacksonville. And, and those like, aren't huge markets either. They're not huge. They're not like like you're Jason really said. Jacksonville like, was like a C market, which is yeah. So and then yeah, so let's say you're talking to, like Atlanta before you get yeah to exactly before you get to a real Savannah, before you get to a real maybe. market. It's 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 literally like like ten hours, and that's yeah. if you don't stop. You know what I mean? So it's like it's hard down there to do anything. Like we're not in the, like Jacksonville's not a great market as far as like uh, the population here and the culture here, but we're but we're in we're Travel in good distance. proximity yeah. to some good markets. You know. And also, it's super easy to do it here because it's affordable to live. There's a lot of gigs where you can make decent money, yeah. and it's like it's enough of a market where if you can start to get some traction here, the other cities around you will kind of find out about it. You know, yeah. so it's like San Augustine, Gainesville, and, yeah. yeah. There's tons of stuff around here, and like, and 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 also, it's not as hard of a grind as it is in like the bigger cities, like. LA or Nashville or or New York or something where it's like it's, it's so hard expensive to live. To live. Yeah. yeah, it's like expensive. Just and even just like the traffic, just to go do groceries, it takes you like forever. It's like just living there is difficult. Yeah, and the competition is so immense. Where you know it's like it's what we were talking about earlier. It's like if you're gonna start a band, like make sure and you're gonna like you wouldn't go to a place like that to start a band and build something like you'd want to do that and then go to those places if yeah. you have a reason to be there yeah right. if you want to be like like the hired gun of the world then yeah go there and and and, and yeah, go to la or new york atlanta or yeah. whatever and get yeah. hired by a band it's a different type of gig for sure yeah definitely so yeah i mean i've got i've got this place for 900 a month i mean like a whole house to myself like fucking forget it like you can't get that yeah. anywhere else um, yeah it's and, it, and also in a city and then i live like on the corner of i-10 and 95 like i'm ready to yeah you're right on the corner speaking <laughs> of i-10 yeah, and 95 jeez yeah this is like prime real estate right here don't yeah. don't say that because my landlord are watching they'll be like oh, i'm raising it i'm raising, <laughs> it. <laughs> I'm raising the price for sure um they're allowed to do that so wh- like as far as like things that What's I guess like your your background is so diverse as far as like, what what you play and like I mean you're one of the rare people that can kind of get it go into any situation and just kind of fi- like like play you know what I mean it's like yeah. so you can get hired for a fusion gig you get hired for a jazz gig you get hired for you know a reggae gig like pretty much whatever you want to do yeah what are some projects that you've been in that have been like the most fulfilling for you um hmm. I mean, well, that goes back to, I mean, Squeedlepuss is definitely one of them for the reason that, like, part of the, like, the uh, mission statement of that band, I would say, is that we can play anything. We have the musicians that can literally play anything, so let's do it. Right. And, like, the the diversity in tunes, you know, like, um, playing with Bonnie Blue and Danka are both great. But they both have their own style. And right. it's like, I really love playing that Southern Jam stuff. Like, I, trust me, I get down on that stuff yeah. for sure. <laughs> but it's it's like, it's still kind of limited in scope in a, in a sense. You know, it's always going to have that. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, it's just that's the type of band that it is. Niche, yeah. And the same thing with Danka. It's like, it's going to have that reggae, the punk rock. A little, Matt's been really getting into some elements of jam, like some spacier stuff and dubs and like... It, Matt's really cool, good about being open to a lot of different influences. Right. 
but it's also it's going to be in that vein, you know? Like, so, the Squeedlepus is the one band that I was in that was just like, we can do anything, let's do it. Yeah. And, yeah, I do kind of miss that from time to time, like, having a band like that. I feel you. Um, that's kind of the approach that I, I, I was wanting with Side Hustle as well, like, just being, being able to be in a band that can just kind of, like, do anything. Yeah. Um, obviously, when we're writing music and we're doing the original thing, it's like it, we're doing what we do. But just be able to like be in a situation and be like, yeah, well, we need somebody that can do this. That yeah, we can do that. Yeah, that's always like a that's always what's kind of fascinated me with musicians that, that are like that, where it's like you can literally just get hired. Like you can just do any gig that you want. Well, people, I think a lot of people don't understand that. Like there's this there's like when they see a musician, like for instance, like if you see like your like 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 rock stars like Slash, okay, an amazing guitar mm-hmm. player, obviously, but and that but it's like people don't understand that like. He's really good at what he, what does, he does. Yeah, you know. And then there's like this other aspect where, where it's like, you like he couldn't just get into any scenario and crush. Yeah. And he has to be kind of set up for it. Yeah. Right. Like I, I saw him do. It was like a it was like a blues awards kind of thing, and he or it was like the Grammys, and they were doing a tribute to a blues artist or something. Yeah. And Slash got there to do a blues tune, and it was not good. Um, yeah. But um, it's just like you know, th- there's this thing where it's like. Just because somebody is amazing at something doesn't mean they can play whatever they want. So I've always really admired musicians that can literally fit into any genre. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's a really cool aspect of, of this thing. Yeah, it's something I always liked about bass. I mean, like, it really, like, I feel like that instrument almost pushes you to play every genre. Yeah. Because they're all so different, you know, different approaches. Um, same basic concept, same job, for the most part. Reggae's a little different. It's more, like, but, um... Yeah, just like I think it was the instrument itself that kind of pushed me to be like that. Um, and also, I guess going to school, um, because I mean, like, it would have been easy for me to stay in South Florida just playing like psychedelic rock bands and uh, reggae punk rock bands and just have that just be all that I knew. But like going to school and like learning all the Latin music and swing and um, straight eighth fusion and stuff like that. And, yeah. Like, I mean, I was I actually. I mean, I kind of grew up on like progressive metal, like fusion stuff too. Like um, what? Oh, like man, like one of the first bands that I played did like Dream Theater covers. Oh no shit! Uh, That's like, pretty that guy's awesome. Dream piano. Theater, like yeah. we do, like Joe Satriani surfing with the alien. Nice. Um, That's badass. But like, and it was stuff that I, like I wasn't good enough to do. Like I don't know. I always try to push myself, um, and put myself in situations where. I'm a little bit out of my comfort zone. I feel like that's really that's that's the space in which you develop as a musician and develop as an artist. Yeah, is like really forcing yourself to be in these situations where you're not comfortable. I mean, that's why I hired Javian on Mondays. He scares the fucking shit out of me. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, he's, 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 Sean scares the fucking shit out of me sometimes too. Like he has a better ear than I do. I think. Yeah, <laughs> like straight up. <laughs> like yeah, uh, he's an animal, man. Um, last by the way, last night when we jammed uh, oh, yeah, on the yeah. Field tune. I just have to say, like, I was geeking out on that for, like, I went home in, like, <laughs> into, like the best fucking mood. Yeah. And Chelsea was like, why are you so, like, What giddy? song? We did a go-go. Oh, a go-go. go-go. That's what I figured. Yeah, I just wanted to know. We just, like, it was just, it was, like, the song was supposed to end, and we just kept it going. Dope. And then it was just, like, I don't know what happened. We just got into this space. Got into space, yeah. And it was just, like, it's, we talked about it on the podcast before, um, but 
Where'd you but play at uh, Split? Southern Grill. Southern Grill. I was yeah. filling that? in. I was filling in for for West on the jam. It's over yeah. in San Marco. Speaking uh, of, that's oh, a really yeah, epic um, open mic night that they've been doing over there. Yeah, definitely. You guys, if you should definitely check it out if you're in Jacksonville, Southern Grill uh, in the South Banks, I think, or like San Marco area. Yeah. Um, definitely go check it out. Six thirty to nine thirty every Wednesday, and it's really a lot of fun. And we just we just started jamming on a go go, and it just like. There's like these moments that happen when you're improvising where it's like you're just feeling like there's no other way to describe it. It's like there, there, there's no communication needed. You're just playing and, and like everybody's just kind of feeling that, that vibe. Yeah, it's because everyone's listening. Exactly. And Sean's really good about that. You are too. Um, I mean, it's, that's the key to being like a really aware and like, like really crush that type of improvisation. Like it's about paying attention to what's going on. Um, Knowing like knowing when to play, when not to play. Right, it's, it's a tough thing. It takes a lot of time to develop that stuff. And built and building a, a concept too. It's like it, there's like, like like Victor Wooten calls improv like on the spot composition. Yeah, you know so where it's like like it's not just like playing things. Like you're you're thinking about an idea and you're trying to develop it on the spot. You know and that's what's super cool about it. Yeah, the taking um, it's because it's easy when you're improvising to just be thinking about what you're playing at the time, but you really have to be looking ahead. Um. Like I always try, I'm not always successful. But when I take a solo, I always try to start with like a simple concept, and take take some time to develop it, and then like it's naturally progresses into something bigger, and it takes itself somewhere. Yeah. But like I mean, even constructing a baseline like for us like a song that I'd play, like you have to start with like a foundation, and then you can expand from there. But it has to be tasteful. It has to be. Not too much. Yeah, not stepping on people's toes. Not stepping on people's toes. And that comes back to just having open ears and listening. Right. Yeah. Right. Hearing where the the space is at, hearing what other people are are doing, knowing how to play around that. Or even just like when you're writing a tune specifically, like being, being, like telling the other person, like, hey, like, maybe don't play here so I can do, because I think my idea is going to fit better here. Yeah. And then you can play around that idea. And just like, and I think with Side Hustle, we have a really good dynamic when it comes to writing. Because like, we're all very open, even if it's if it's like we're like th- that like if Sean or me or Billy's bringing the idea to the table, like we're we're all very willing t- to take a back seat on that. Yeah, that's that that takes a lot of uh, pride or it gets you know swallow your pride because it's like uh, it's like you have to be open to not playing to not playing. Times. Yeah, that's the hardest thing. That's it's so it's, weird yeah. to think about. It's like the hardest thing sometimes for people is to oh. shut up. As Sunrise yeah. says, the space is the place. Yeah. Yep. Um. No, it is, and like, um, it's an etiquette thing. There's some musicians that come up on the funk jam I host on Monday nights, um, that really don't quite get the etiquette thing. Like, um, they'll play, they'll try to like play melodies on top of the melody of the song. They don't really know where to go. Like, someone else will be taking a solo and they'll start playing, and that's just not cool, man. Like, yeah. that's you have to be, pay attention and know like when you're supposed to play, when you're not supposed to play. And you right. look, uh, and it's a really mature thing that like, yeah. a lot, like it's hard to teach and it's hard like for people to understand sometimes. That's why I've kind of just taken the approach on the Monday Night Jams where my etiquette is just to not play. Yeah. Until, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even get up there. It's just, it's just, it's better for everybody if I just don't. No, nobody dude, you if nobody mentions you me at all, I did a great job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, the, the story about uh, the worst open mic that I uh, ever did. So I, I've, I've only done, I've only hosted an open mic one time. Yeah. And it was down in uh, uh, Fort Lauderdale, actually after a festival that we played and we set up everything with all of our sound equipment everything like that just like a regular open mic and we got there and it was supposed to be like a super jam open mic from the festival that was playing there 
but that didn't stop anybody else from getting on stage. But this one guy, Oof. he plugged into, he brought his own Marshall amp, and he had, I swear to you, a fucking guitar pedal. That's it. So he just, he, he just no guitar. <laughs> he just played a guitar pedal. He played a guitar pedal as loud as humanly possible, and I almost want to think that he was. He was trying to fuck with us as a joke because he kept on like smiling and like nodding and stuff, but he was just like, meh, 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 like that, just like all just static and noise. Oh my gosh! And then like, apparently, like after the show was over, we we're like, dude, get the fuck off the stage! Like I don't know what you think you're doing. <laughs> yeah. But he, uh, uh, I was oh, talking shit. to somebody later, and he was like, yeah, his dad's like a really famous musician, and he's uh, he's starting a, a new noise band. And I'm like, what the fuck is a noise band? It's and the worst I, music you've ever heard in your and life. It's literally noise. <laughs> uh, uh, but he was. He was jamming with us at an Oof. open mic, but God, that was worse. I mean, this is the weirdest thing in the world, seeing somebody just hold a guitar pedal yeah. and then like be standing up and be like, just like, yeah, I'm playing this like a bongo. Yeah. <laughs> it was so oh, fucking wild, wow. too. That was the worst. Open mics can be the worst experience in Well, yeah, there can be. There can be there, <laughs> and they can also be awesome. But there's totally an art to running a jam. Well, there's a yeah. difference between an open mic night and a jam night, too. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. But let's, uh, let, let's uh, within the... Within the, uh, it was supposed to be a jam night. Let's talk about the jam nights because the jam nights, like that's running those are are an art in itself. And last night when that one dude kept trying to go play drums. Oh yeah, there's a drunk guy last night. This fucking drunk guy comes up and he's like, "Hey man, let's fucking like you know I just wanna I just wanna get to play some drums." I was like, "Yo, we'll call you up when it's your turn." <laughs> and he asked Adam, who's not even running the jam, and he's a bass player. Like, well, you guys just got like an extra stick for me or something? Oh, an extra uh, stick. Dude, I was like, I was like, dude, I'm just I'm just a jammer. Like I'm just up here jamming with him. He's like, "Yeah, let's jam, man." Yeah, I was let's, like, let's, "Let's just jam, let's just jam." That's uh, not what I said. So matter of fact, like, let's just jam. Like that's what we're gonna do right now. And bro, I love your. Your 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 uh, <laughs> lack of tolerance for people like that—you have no patience. You're just like you're like, bro, we're not doing that right now. Get the fuck out of here. It's so funny. It's frustrating. Yeah, I'm over it. Well, it's cause that comes from running my own jam and like, like yeah, having that situation come up every once in a while. Like, it's like you got to Which is what's cool about the Monday Night like Jam the, is like that we have to be inclusive, but we also have to kind of moderate and regulate. It's like. You can't just come up here and play a distortion pedal. A fucking yeah. pedal, man. That's like, all we have to regulate at some level. Like we really encourage everyone. And like our only, like actually, like our only criteria for coming up and jamming with us is not how good you are. It's straight up having just like the etiquette to just not be an asshole. Um, unfortunately, like, that that's, that's straight up a, that's the only criteria. If you're not an asshole, I don't care how good you are. Come up, <laughs> um, like and the thing is, like we scare. Like unfortunately, like I said, I've, I'm scared of those Monday night jams. A lot of times, we do scare a lot of people away because of the level we play at. Like oh yeah, I've 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 only done it one time. And I was like never again. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I do not fit in. So here. there's two things you can do in that situation. You can just be terrified and just like run home with your tail between your legs. Yeah, a little bit. I did. <laughs> or you can come back. And like really push yourself. No, you know? I know, I know. Or, and learn some of the tunes. If, like, if, if, if you've been there, asking like, about the tunes, yeah, we only play like five tunes. Yeah, literally, <laughs> there's, there's like like if you've been there once or twice, you basically know the set list. Sure. And you can learn them and just kind of figure out where to go. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, a lot of the a lot of the growth that I've made as a musician being in Jacksonville has come from going to that Monday night jam and just feeling completely inadequate. Yeah. And just going, I mean, I do all the time. I do too. Yeah. <laughs> like, I host it and I feel completely inadequate yeah. a lot of the time. It's great. It's just like, you just go it's there. Fantastic. Yeah, you just get your fucking ass kicked a little bit and, like, you go home feeling like an asshole and then you go and you practice more. Yeah. And you come back and you're like, oh, that wasn't enough work I did because I still sucked. I and then it. And yeah. then you go home and you practice more and it's just like, you keep doing it and, I don't know, it's just... 
it's the best experience you can have as a musician to go to jam yeah, nights. Absolutely. But I'm, like, obvious. But honest. But but yeah, you're right. Don't be an asshole. But unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. sometimes it comes with the territory of being a pro. It's just not being an asshole. Yeah. Okay. Not to say there aren't there, there, that there aren't pros who are assholes. There's definitely them too. But it's like the part of being a pro is having gone through the experience so you learn to not be an asshole. Yeah, it's the one, so the ones that, that aren't pros, they go up there and just like think that they run the show. They're yeah. the assholes and they're also not very good because they haven't gone through the experience yet. Mm-hmm. So true. it's like... I went in there uh, to split, so I did it only one time and I, I I set up and everything like that and I started playing and I'm like, oh no, I'm not good enough. And then <laughs> I, I, uh, I, 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 I kept on being like, just like, I'm not going to play. I'm not going to play. And then they'd be like, I'm like shit. I'm like, all right, I did solo, and you know, it's it's supposed to be like you know, just just pay attention and listen and everything like that. But then also when it's like your your fucking turn, you're like, I will say this, but the thing is like you're probably too in your head about it. Oh no, yeah, for sure. I remember you, you crushed that solo. You think so? Yeah. All right, I thought you sounded all right, but like, (laughs) (laughs) I did. Anton solo is garbage though. My solos usually are at the Monday Night Split Jam. You know why? Because I'm up there and just like everything I play is stupid compared to JV and. So it's just like so I get in my he head about it and I just start whiffing but it. He's a, but too many but he's a piano player and he's sitting right does, next does, to me. That's, and then, that's how inadequate. That's how good he is. That's what I mean, is though. It makes but you feel inadequate how do you think? Every other how do you think I felt? Well, bro, I will say this: that Javian, <laughs> Javian, he's so good. An but, the, but that being said, Javian doesn't just say good things about anybody. And he came up to me afterwards, like he's like Billy's. Billy's got talent, man. Like Billy's good. And yep. uh, and 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 was Thanks, just like Jay. I appreciate he, he doesn't. He doesn't just say that, you know he, what I mean? He'll like, still scare the shit out of you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but still, he still wants to see but, where you're like, at. He like he he does that. He pushes people. Yeah, um, and he knows we can on Mondays. He doesn't get that opportunity. I don't why think anyone gets t- the opportunity. Why didn't you tell me that? Why didn't I tell you that? Because <laughs> I know. Because <laughs> I, I'm like so happy no right idea. now. Because, <laughs> that I because sucked. Because you, <laughs> no, because, you know, because they're still. Not, like, he definitely vibes people out, and that's the thing. Like he, because like you're on stage with him, he was a intimidating motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> like he, he I mean, like he's got a great ear. Yeah, he's, he's got, amazing. Um, he's a great player. Um, but yeah, he can scare people. But like sometimes, like it, it, like he'll scare people, and like I'll tell him that after a gig. Like I there's a couple, not just you, but like there's a couple people who've been like really fucking intimidated by him. Not just and him, but like the whole the whole concept and everything like that. It just seems like I've not, I've never done this before. And but yeah, I, but I'm, I'm glad that I could though. I could hang a well, little I, bit so with I y'all. Go back, like um, I, the re- like one of my like thoughts about that jam, the way I host it and the way we put it together, is that um, back in New York when the bebop first started coming around what it was is like all the jazz clubs like they'd do the late night jams and stuff and then the mediocre musicians would come into the heads to all these broadway tunes which is like the basis of most jazz standards were broadway tunes in the beginning so they'd know the melodies to these broadway tunes they'd come up and they'd play the melodies but then they would go to solo and they were pretty bad so like they made the melodies harder so bebop is really it's the same songs they just wrote new melodies to them that were originally like solos so they made more complicated melodies just to kind of like either force you to like you, you have two options you can learn it or you can go home. Yeah, that's very cool. I didn't Inside, know. That. I didn't know that. That's yeah. very cool. That's where bebop came from. I knew that. I knew it was like based off like, like sh- like Broadway stuff, but I didn't realize that they had purposely made it more intricate to try and to like, try to weed out the yeah, weed out players. The, yeah. yeah, that that's Miles cool. Davis, the Sound of Music thing that he what's the name of that song the. 
What's the name of that one? Um, oh, that's cult- Wait. my favorite things. Yeah, my favorite things. It was a Coltrane. Coltrane, sorry, yeah. my bad. I got to mix up. Uh, but uh, uh, that that's one of my favorites for sure. Yeah. But I always was, I was like, why are they? Why are they doing? Fucking sound of music, probably. Right? Yeah. I'm like, why did it do? Well, I mean, that's, that's where jazz came from. It was all. I never like, knew that. Yeah, it was all those tunes, and a lot of like the old school jazz standards are just original, the like, Broadway tunes. Yeah, like, like Porgy like and Bess. I big mean, band stuff that just yeah, there's big band arrangements of it. Or, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So they made the melodies harder to play. So that's the kind of shit though that that's, that's what, kind of what we do on Mondays. Yeah, <laughs> like, for sure. And uh, except we play really I, easy tunes that are really easy to learn. Come on, y'all, learn some fucking and, tunes. Until until I, <laughs> I'll tell you this much. Um, I don't know how a person gets lost in Sissy Strut. <laughs> uh, play with JV and I did. <laughs> I tell you what, it wasn't him who was oh, fucking shit. up. <laughs> I mean, he just like he just like starts to do all his crazy reharm shit. It starts adding like these these extensions that you're just like, okay, like look at I know my basic upper structure extensions, okay? Yeah. JV let, let's do these like these flat nines or, or like, oh, fucking, yeah, like Yeah, sus flat nine is his favorite chord <laughs> by far. Just like, bro, that's, that was a joke we had in college at some point. Like as a Every once in a while, like, we'd be in, like, a improv class, and Barry Green would just sit there, and um, he'd, like, stop us, and like, what chord did JV just play? And, like, everyone would just, like, sus flat nine. That's <laughs> 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 just, just guessing. <laughs> no, because it was, like, usually it was. Yeah, <laughs> like, so funny. <laughs> um, yeah, he's an animal, man. He's he's really good. No, he's great. There's reharms. I mean, he comes from like he's been playing piano since I think he's what two. Oh, okay. Like he's been in, um he's played in church his whole life. Actually, said so a good story about Javian. The first time I met him, he didn't know how to solo. Oh, oh I heard yeah, about this that. is great. Yeah. So back when we were both in community college together down in South Florida, um, I was in the combo for like maybe like a year at this point, like uh, maybe six months. Anyways, like he comes in. And the band director's like, yeah, we got this kid, JV, and he wants to try out for combo maybe for next semester or whatever. So he comes in, um, sits down at the piano, and, like, they can put sheet music in front of him, but he just, he can't read, he couldn't read sheet music at the time. Like, he'd never read a chord chart, never read, like, he just came from a uh, church background. So we sit him down at the piano, we start playing. It was just like a 12-bar tune, um, Solar, um, yeah. Miles Davis tune. But, um... We sit down and we start playing this tune, and the whole first chorus, he just didn't play anything. The second chorus, he started playing chords, because, like I said, his ear is incredible. So he just starts playing chords. By the third chorus, he's playing really pretty chords. <laughs> like, he just got the ear for it, man. He yeah. just got the feel for he's it. He's got perfect pitch, right? Uh, close to it. Yeah. Like, that's debatable. But perfect, <laughs> like, a lot of, like, per- perfect pitch is kind of deba- debatable, because, like, certain people, like, if you have a relative pitch once in the morning, you can have perfect pitch for the rest of the day. There's oh, certain true. people that can just pull it out of thin air no matter what. Right, I remember you saying that. Reference pitch. Yeah. But um, going back to J- like that solo, like so we get around, we all take solos, and it's Chase turned to solo, and he just keeps playing these really, really pretty chords. And like at some point, the band director stopped him. And was like, yeah, just do that same thing. Just play them one note at a time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then created a monster after that. No, absolutely. He he developed so fast as far as like um. Because he he already had it in his ear, he could already see it, and like he already knew like he already knew a lot. He just didn't know what it was, like right. to do, what to do with it. Right. And so developing from that, and like going up to UNF, learning from Lynn too. Like he definitely developed. Like he just like yeah. From like I said, when I met him, he'd never taken a solo before, and now look at him. Yeah, I mean, one of the best solos I've ever heard on on 
at least like 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 organ and clap. Oh yeah, for stuff, sure. You know? Yeah, I've never really heard him play piano. He's but a great piano player too. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I saw him do. He posted something like maybe two years ago of a video that was like two or three years old, and he was working on uh, autumn leaves. Oh, nice. And uh, yeah, so I mean, you know, but th- that was the only thing I've ever seen him play with piano. Everything else, he's usually playing organ clav or some synth stuff he's fucking around with yeah um but yeah he's as just as a piano if you could play that on organ and clav well at some point in time you had to learn how to play piano yeah yeah, yeah. well no but the thing is like he played organ first well yeah some people are like that too with with organ it's completely different approach to the instrument yeah I, i agree but it like almost like the same way as uh if you can play jazz you can play anything that's I, not true either it though. is 100 it's no i mean i think so it, well, it, 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 yeah, I don't know that that's true. I've met a lot of jazz people that can't play like blues, or they yeah. can't pay, or they can't play like rock and roll. But at that point, that's a choice, dude. Yeah, that that's true. That is, it's a, it's a, you're right. Like you could play anything. Yeah. But most of them, but a lot of them, to, they just yeah. they, they they can't though. It's right. like why when I was living down south, there was this chick. Um, I doubt she'll ever hear this, but I don't want to say her name either way because she's kind of well known in the Miami community. Um, she's a phenomenal. Hi. Uh, jazz, uh, j- jazz pianist, and and uh, but like she could not play a one four five to save her li- to save her life. It was like, it was like because she, she's, she's too jazzy. It's just one. Of those, like, like 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 if you, I've met a lot of people in the jam community too. They're like, well, I grew up playing the Grateful Dead and, and that kind of thing, yeah. and so they could play through the changes no mm-hmm. problem. But you ask them to play a pentatonic scale, and they they don't get they they don't get it at all. all right. You know, and it's like uh. It's, it's 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 such a like specific style where it's like if you're not if you don't explore outside of that you can get stuck in always thinking in that way and that thinking in that way doesn't always work in every situation. Well, you I know? guess we were talking about really whether if you could play organ and you could play clav. Yeah, uh, that's that's what I was trying to really say like that. Like you can you can play piano. Piano's piano's like the the basic. Yeah, yeah. You, it's the bottom. The, you could sit down on the piano and play some shit. Exactly. Yeah. All everything up. That's what I was trying to get at uh, yeah, as a I comparison. I wasn't really trying to be like just because you can play jazz. I, I see what you're saying. But yeah. if 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 yeah. It usually it goes the other way around. You learn piano and then organ and then like everything else later. But right. interesting coming straight from organ into that. Yeah, because you press the organ and it has the same attack no matter what. Right. So when you play piano, you got no wrist movement. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And all it's other a similar kind of thing stuff. with the organ though. Too, you're playing like funk and that kind of thing. It's like it's knowing it's percussion. It's way more percussive yeah. than it is. Well, maybe it's not. I don't know. No, it is. It, it defi- definitely is. And Talking like, about music is like singing about farting. I've been saying forever, but we started a podcast about it, and it's going pretty well. It's going very how, well, how actually. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Just hanging out? Just hanging out. It's just being Fucking you. busy as shit, man. You are? Honestly, yeah. How are you busy? Uh, I've been working on some collaborations with some different people I got coming out within the next couple of days, hopefully. Um, the podcast has been keeping me very busy. Yeah. Um, and then the gig has been kind of slowly coming back, plus our rehearsals and yeah. practice time and yeah. Uh, you know, just I was just wondering what else you're doing. You're only just doing this. No, I'm doing doing side hustle. Yeah, but it's it's there's a lot of work that goes in the back end of all of it that takes up a lot of time. Does it? Yeah, for sure. Side hustle. Yeah, like yeah what? with all of it. Well, I mean, so there's there's rehearsals, there's scheduling the studio time, there's my personal practice. <laughs> There's um, the podcast for Adam who didn't who didn't hear all this. Stuff. The podcast takes up a lot of time as well. I have some collaborations that I'm working on, like remote collabs from different people around the country. Um, that takes up a lot of time as well, and just learning how to use DAW systems and like and uh, uh, or DAW programs and like uh, recording shit. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and just research on 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 running a fucking empire, bro. I don't know what else to tell <laughs> Taking you. Taking over the world. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. It's good. Uh, it's good. It's good to be up there. Yeah. I but mean, it's, it, this the whole uh, lockdown of the coronavirus, like in quarantines, and even to what we're at now, which is like a little bit more relaxed, but um. Yeah, there's like a lot of time for musicians to get a lot of stuff done. And, like, yeah, shitload done. Honestly, I will say, yeah, and I, I'll say that that side hustle has been writing like we've never written before, yeah. which is amazing. It's been super inspiring and just very reassuring. Which is ironic because like up until like this week, I've been hammered for six months. Yeah. Not gonna lie, and you haven't done shit this week. That is so. I haven't start getting hammered again. That (laughs) (laughs) I was fucking with you. That it was all for the joke. I was. It was all for the joke, bro. It was all for the joke. joke. I was like, "What are you doing?" No, you're you're a busy guy. Monday. No, you're you're a busy guy. Tuesday and Wednesday. Yeah, podcast. You're a busy guy. And also working a forty week, forty hour week job. Yeah, that's that's one thing I I can't. Like I do have downtime for sure. I do not. But have but that but that's because I don't have to work a forty hour a week job. Yeah, I don't so, know how you're doing it. How does how do, how do you how do you not have jobs? I'm a fucking. I just don't bro. get it. I'm a fucking musician. Okay. How do you, we figure it out? How do you how do you not have jobs and then also? I'm just, kid, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I get government checks. Uh, <laughs> that's what I the thought. Government that's, government a se- that's a secret. That's a secret to being a musician. Is have somebody pay your rent. That's very true. <laughs> do you know how many musicians oh, I've God. met over the years are just like. Yeah, well, you know, um, this is my wife, uh, Carol, and she's a doctor. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. This makes so much more sense now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, man. But, yeah, that's, it's rough. You uh, just got to quit your job, bro, and then and then you'll figure the rest out. And I swear to you, you will. Just start okay. driving for for, for, uh, that sounds like, for DoorDash or that something. That sounds like quit my job where I have a lot of time to do stuff to do harder work for less money. <laughs> DoorDash? Yeah. No, you work less hours and you make you make more money. And I don't think also, so. I don't see that. <laughs> yeah, and also yeah, you have more time that. to do other shit too. Like you'll, you'll supplement that with gigs too so you have more time for gigs. Yeah, I, I was on that path and everything like that. I was like, okay, I'm really close to having enough money to like quit and then also be like, jump into uh, uh, gigging and probably not make enough to save every month for a while and then go to the next step finally and like, okay, I'm gigging every day now. But yeah. boop. As soon as I moved over here, well done. Yeah. Well, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, you, there's never gonna, there's never gonna be a right time to get into it. I feel like you're right, but at the same time, maybe not in the middle of a pandemic yeah. when you're yeah. alive. <laughs> you're, you're probably the wrong time. Probably. It might not. I don't know. There's I, never I have, a right time. I have a couple of friends doing the Grubhub and DoorDash thing that are doing that, that, that are that are sustaining themselves. Plus, the gigs. also don't have AC in my car, so that'd be great. Been doing Uber down. Orlando for, for a years. long time yeah. now, yeah. No, I mean that's fine. I I get it, and I actually do love driving a lot. So I would that's do what I'm it. saying. That's that's why I thought about yeah, it. Yeah, my friend, one of my friends, recently got into it, and he was like, "Yeah, I made like decent money in the last like couple of days." Yeah, and then supplement that with your because you'll be able to gig more. Yeah. So now it's like your Monday through Thursday is gonna be open to gig. Right. So yeah. You can make money doing that, and then supplement it with the uh, with the. With the driving stuff, and you love to drive anyway, so I immediately hit you up, and I was like, "Yo, look into this because not only will this, uh, you can make close to what you're making hourly right now, but you can, but you'll also be able to have more time to do gigs, and uh, you know." That was my shit. dream when I was a kid. Oh, I wanted to be a taxi driver when I grew up. Yeah. <laughs> Aim for Swear the stars, bro. Swear That's what happens when you Damn. grow up in. In the middle of nowhere, Kentucky. Yeah, I'm just saying. I was like, I was like, I'm gonna go to the big city and be a taxi driver. I'm not fucking around. <laughs> I was like, that's what I'll do first. Is I'll I'll start I'll start here in Jacks, and then I'll work my way up. Maybe go to Atlanta, and then I'll go to New York and make it real big. 
<laughs> Real big. I swear to God. I swear to God, that's what I was going to do. Hilarious. I fucking loved driving. I was like, as soon as I got uh, uh, old enough to get a delivery job, I was like, I'm in. Papa John's for sure. Two years. <laughs> I loved every second of it. Bro, do it. I don't know why. I just love driving. Just I want to go fast. I want to go fast. And I don't drive fast. I drive super slow. Just actually. Just <laughs> I'm, I'm a baby it, driver. Can do it. It's going to help every band that you're involved in out as well. All right. Anyways. I need a new car, though. Yes, yeah, so buy a new car. You're rich, right? You're loaded. <laughs> I was. You say all I the was. Time. I was doing pretty good. You say, you see, what, what, what's your what's your catchphrase? I don't know what is it. I'm doing well. I mean, I'm do, I'm doing well. <laughs> yeah. doing well. <laughs> That's the whole thing. <laughs> I, I mean, like you know. Um, all right. So, anyways, back I'm to Adam. Check now. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Great. <laughs> uh, I actually do. F- I, find this interesting though uh what are some of the favorite clubs you played at played at like in the country oh yeah and why are they your favorite clubs and on the opposite of that your least favorite and why are they your least favorite if you feel comfortable saying that um yeah hold on a second so yeah think about it we're not in a rush but we're good so the best green room (laughs) i was ever at was in uh winter park colorado oh i forgot i can't remember the name of the place offhand but um we walked in um, it was Colorado, so like we show up in the green room. There's a couple couches set up around a coffee table. Coffee table had um, two packs of blunt wraps, a pipe, a bong, and battleship set up. Nice, <laughs> love that. And they also had a driving range set up in in the green room. A driving range? Yeah, it was like set up, yeah, it was set up like so. There was like a net that. Uh, oh, like a, s- like an electronic one. Yeah, yeah, oh, but okay. it was just like a random net, and uh, Sean had some fun with that one. Yeah, of course. That was pretty cool. Um, so, venue-wise, like, playing in New York at the Iridium was pretty wild. Oh, you played the Iridium? Yeah. Nice. And it was, like, in between, like, it was, um, I think, like, uh, Wayne Krantz, Tim LaFave, and Keith Carlock was the weekend before we played, and then Victor Wooten and, uh... Steve Bailey was like oh, the weekend after. Streams? Oh no! And so, with? Uh, well, Javion was actually with me on that. It was a uh, uh, Conrad Oberg. He's a guitar player from uh, from Jacksonville. Uh, he's a blind kid that's been. He was a oh yeah okay prodigy. Yeah. Um, it was him, John Lumpkin, and that was interesting. Just playing a gig up in New York. Um, like it was on Broadway. It was in this like dingy little jazz club basement. Yeah. Um, but that- they had like a quarter million dollar backline. Uh, yeah, half a million dollar sound system. What? The the Iridium yeah. is like is like if you're on the blues circuit, that's like the spot in New York to yeah, play. Yeah, we played. A, it was um, it was like the Les Paul day. Les Paul used to play there every Monday. Yeah. yeah. And Conrad was supposed like, to go up and play with Les Paul. The Les Paul. The guy like who the Les Paul. The, the, guy who <laughs> the Les Paul. Yes. Wow! Holy shit! Um, yeah. <laughs> Amazing yeah. guitar player, by the way. He, he was a great guitar about. player too. Yeah. yeah. Um, so like he was Conrad was supposed to go play with Les Paul, but it didn't work out. Les Paul got sick and died. Um, Shit. So, but they invited Conrad to go up there, so we hadn't played that. Um, speaking of cities that like you never get to see on tour, I'm like got to walk to Times Square, which is like five blocks down, but that was the entirety of New York City that I saw that whole trip. <laughs> yeah, that it was my first yeah, time awesome. in New York too. <laughs> Bro, um, okay, I'm sorry. But yeah, the, the the venue was cool. I mean, besides that, I'd say uh, the Swanee Amphitheater. Yeah. That's actually the it's best. the one it's the one amp, like one venue that I'm kind of like nervous at like I don't really get much for like stage fright like I can play in front of a bunch of people and, like no people like I think it's just that stage that kind of terrifies me just because I just know who's been on there I've, oh, yeah. I know what I've seen happen yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like it's a whole other thing so I'm like how many times you got to play that the amphitheater uh three yeah, you got you got me beat on one I got to play it twice actually wait no yeah. I got to play it three times. 
We're just still waiting on my big break, but you know, I'll get there. Yeah. No, I gotta play. I gotta play three times as well. But one of them was like a dish jam. It was just like there's like maybe like a hundred people here. But then like one of them was Aura. Oh, two of them. Were, uh, yeah. One was Aura and one was Purple Hatters. And I never like, made it to an Aura. Holy shit! I was just like, oh, this is amazing. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. No, it was cool. It was it was amazing and terrifying at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can relate to the whole New York thing though. Because when I was on the road, Rock and Jake, we stayed. We were staying. Uh, we had a couple of days off, like three or four days off, and we were staying. In, we had, ended up having to stay in Montauk, which is like the other end of Long Island, which is like two hours from Brooklyn, basically. <laughs> Montauk. Um, but uh, we had we drove through the city. And I just remember like driving through. I was just like looking around. I was like, "Yo, this is." This is this is ridiculous. Like this, this is insane. Yeah. Like how, like just how, how how much stimulus stimulus is going on? It's it's crazy like how stimulating it is. And then uh, a few a few years ago, Rock and Jay called me to fill in for three gigs for his guitar player. They couldn't make it, so he flew me up to. Uh, so he sorry, he picked me up in Jacksonville, was our base out of South Florida. We drove up to Delaware, did a gig in Delaware. And then went uh, drove down to Washington D.C. to play at a place called Madams, Oregon, in the Adams Morgan district of Washington D.C., which is fucking uh, super cool. And then and then we played um, somewhere in, in New Jersey. And one of my best friends from high school, uh, he lives in, he he moved back to New York, so uh, he he came to see us in New Jersey and picked me up and we drove into the city and he took me around to like like the east village and stuff like that and i walked around for, for like an hour or two just kind of like you know getting some pizza and like eat and drinking some some alcohol and stuff and then went back to this place in long island but it was just like i've had two experiences i that i can remember for real being in the city and just having like these very brief moments yeah. and just being like this place is literally the, 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 there's there's magic there. I don't know what it is, but <laughs> like that place is magic. I don't know how else to describe it. New York is like, I get it. Yeah, me too. It's I, like it's I've like cliche as fuck to say that, but I get it. You know what I mean? It yeah. really is like just an amazing city. Yeah. Well, that's dope. What about the worst places you ever played? Worst place? <laughs> I was actually just thinking about that while I was talking. Um, <laughs> there was this one gig. It was on an island off the coast of Georgia, and the only Tybee way- Island. Um. Was it Tybee? Outside, outside of Savannah? No, it wasn't Tybee. Okay. It, we couldn't get there on a road, so we took a ferry <laughs> nice. out there. Oh, wow. And that was interesting. It was low tide, so like we had to take all of our gear, PA and everything, down this like ramp down to the boat. It was like, tw- probably down 20-foot ramp. Like It was, it was kind of sketchy getting onto the boat. Now we take the ferry over there, loaded load all our gear in the back of a couple of pickup trucks, and drive to the, um, the place that we played. And it was in front of the only store that on this island. Like it was like one just like small little general store we set up outside of there. And like don't get me wrong, the people that were there were really cool and we had a good time playing, but like it was like some of the sketchiest stuff we've ever done to get back that night. So we ended up packing up and uh they take a, put us put us on the back of a truck again, um, take us back to the boat docks and the ferry stopped running, so we took a, a small little boat. Didn't have Jeez. any running lights. So we're driving through the marsh, salt marshes in Georgia, no running lights. My base amp's like I'm just like hoping it just doesn't get soaking wet. Um, yeah, that was just pretty terrifying. Yeah, that was like that was yeah. a lot of We definitely that was a uh, that was with Bonnie Blue. We definitely decided we weren't gonna do that one again. Yeah, <laughs> you you don't remember what the spot was called? Um, Sapelo Island, I think. Sapelo Island. Yeah. Okay. It seems like a, a really hard time trying to get there. Yeah. Yeah, and it was like. I mean, besides that, like, uh, 
we were set up on on the grass, like and just like it was. Ugh. Yeah, that's not a Usually, venue. Like, that's just outside. I guess. <laughs> I guess it's not really a venue. <laughs> outside. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's technically a venue, right? I don't know. What's yeah. the definition of that? Well, house. If you ask me, there's bump. definitely. De- the, I, I have a different definition of venue, versus like, bar or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I feel like a venue is like a place where. Like, you have, like, wedding venues, you have, like, venues. Yeah, venue can be anywhere. Concert venues. Typically a space you would rent to to put on to put on an event. Uh, whereas a bar is, like, you're just, you're going, you're playing, they're, they're paying you money. Uh, like, like, 1904 to me is not a bar gig. That, I would that's, say, that's a, that's I would a say venue. some sort of stage. If you're on, if you're on the ground... If you're if you're on the ground, it's not a venue. It's oh, not a venue. No, you, I bro, don't you, care. You're gonna, you're, you're gonna tell me that... What was that place we played at in Columbia... Breakers. Breakers. Did you tell me Breakers is a music venue? Uh, no, I'm saying like if you're gonna call yourself a music venue, you at least need to have a stage. Okay. If you do not have a stage, it's and not. You're talking about That's specific stuff. Like most places I play that call themselves music venue do a good job of handling themselves. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But if you're For saying sure. if you if you're but I if you're playing on, on the outside beach on the venue. grass, what? I wouldn't consider Monkey's Uncle on the Beach a, a music venue. I'm not yeah, trying like to say between? every place that has a stage is a music venue. Yeah. I'm saying if it's a venue, it has to have a yeah, stage. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. I'm saying that I have a difference of what I would call a Rectangle venue square versus, situation. versus anything else. Yeah, like 1904 to me is a venue because they're only open when they have shows yeah. uh, and they sell tickets. Yeah. Whereas a bar has music you know, sometimes five nights a week or, may, or more than that. And they do, and there's no ticket, there's no ticket charge to get in. You're just, you're hired to play covers, and, that, and that's what you do. Yeah, so, so that's like, a difference. What's, so what's me. your definition? Is it a place with a cover charge? Is it like a place with a stage and a cover charge, like or someone just does music? I mean, like I said, most of the places that I've played at that are in that type of situation, like. There's been some that are like haphazardly run, but like usually those are pretty fun too. Yeah. Oh yeah, those um, are usually the most fun places to play. I would because say you get um, wild. What's that place in Tybee Island called? Uh, the pizza spot. The yeah, Huckapoos. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, places. Yeah, Huckapoos. Yeah, yeah. that place is the blast. Yeah, the it was the amazing. Yeah. There definitely was no stage, but it was no amazing. stage, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah, there's also like no air conditioning. It's an old sawmill with Ooh. two giant pizza ovens in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was yeah. hot as <laughs> fuck. We played there. We played there this time last year because it was week one in uh, NFL. I remember. Yeah, <laughs> we played outside last time. Our yep, buddy Jason's birthday too. party. Um, oh, Jason, yeah. he's the one that, that owns it, or he does a booking there? No. No? Okay, <laughs> no. well, the, 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 there is a Jason, though, that does... There might be another Jason. That's yeah. not the one I'm talking about. That, okay, I, I did like... I like that place. It was... It was. I played a lot of places where I've been, like, miserable as fuck, but it just didn't matter. Yeah. I've yeah. also played a lot of places that were, like, beautiful, and I was... I hated that place. Oh, yeah, for sure. I played places that are just music venues, and most of the time it's just because no one's there. Or because there's way too many people there, but like how, that Breakers place, and yeah, it was just breakers all fucking eighteen year old and they, and they college wanted, kids that were. Like, do you like in the middle of a song? Do you guys know Big Yellow Taxi by Counting Crows? I'm like, bro, what? fuck you. We're playing one of our songs right now. This what? What is this? This is stupid. This is so, okay, stupid. We're never, that, that's the difference between a music venue and a and a bar right there. You should ask for a John Mayer song. I, bro, I fucking got you all day. What do you want? <laughs> I, saw that, I saw that on Instagram the other day. And oh, I was meaning to see. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, what was that? Just, just, just tell any uh, guitarist, oh, any f- white guitarist, just tell him, uh, uh, okay, John Mayer, while he's playing guitar. Watch, <laughs> watch how pissed off he gets. I think I saved that meme. Because that's bro. the funniest thing I've ever seen. Like, okay, okay, John Mayer. That's that's so good, But he though. actually plays John Mayer all the time, and he'd be like, oh, thank oh, look, you for I got the compliment. It. Yeah, I <laughs> oh, they're not gonna see it. <laughs> they're not gonna see it. No. Okay. Let me see. That's exactly what you just said. It's so whatever. good. Okay, John Mayer. <laughs> it's so good. 
That's how good of a movie it was. I let's saved it. Time. Well, we got to kind of wrap it up. Hey, to be oh, God damn it. We're having so much fun right now. Let's, let's do the unpopular opinion. No, this unpopular is a good opinions. one and everything like that. It's just, you know. I'm having a great time. We should keep this going. As soon as I could do that grub hub. It's too bad you got a fucking day job. Night nice shifts, actually. It's way so worse. Anyways, uh, <laughs> my first unpopular opinion yeah. is... And think um, of one if you can. can to. Okay. Uh, you had a good one earlier. I don't know if you want to say it on air. <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh, can we just move on from the from the WAP from the WAP memes? I'm over it. The what? WAP, W A P. What are you trying to say? Stands for wet ass pussy. Oh, B. I thought you meant Fetty WAP. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> so much I'm, 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 over, I, I, I'm just Is tired of giving Fetty wet ass pussy. Yeah. <laughs> He probably don't like that one. I'm just, I'm just tired of giving Cardi B any recognition. Although I just did that by give, by talking about her song right now. Yeah, you're talking so. about it. We're talking about it. It's a, yeah, it's, no, working, it's infectious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm, I'm so, like, pop soon. stars have never like. It's it's obviously a, a machine. There's a lot of people like involved in it and right. stuff like that. But I mean, when it comes down to it, they that's they still write really good songs. Yes, they do. Have you heard? Have like you heard the, the production new, on that Dua song? Is really fucking. Have you heard the new Dua Lipa album? I don't think so, no. It's fucking phenomenal. Yeah. As far as the production goes, obviously the lyrics are terrible. Yeah. And she's not a talented singer, but she, she's But the very, production's incredible. The production's amazing. The I songwriting's mean, fantastic. Songwriting's fantastic. I remember, like, yeah. I was at a venue in um, Raleigh, I think this is a poorhouse in Raleigh, North Carolina. Okay. If I'm not mistaken, not the Charleston poorhouse. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the sound guy there, like, was ringing out his PA, just, like, EQing the whole, the whole PA. He's like, I gotta ring yeah. the PA out. With a Miley Cyrus song. Yeah. And he's like, don't laugh, dude. This song cost $4 million to make. Yeah, exactly. Straight up. Like, yeah. He's like, this song literally cost $4 million. Do you not think it's going to be like the best sounding shit you can put on a fucking... Yeah. Put out. It's so true. It's, it's crazy though. But it's it's, so true. It is like there's value in it for in certain certain aspects. That, not necessarily that, like the mind-numbing lyrics. that much money? What uh, costs that much money? Uh, people with creative minds that can work oh, in the most oh, simplest the, of it's ways. The engineers and stuff. It's the engineers, the oh. producers, the, producers the, 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 the musicians they're hiring for it. Okay. Bro, it's like, it's like it's like I was the, like, wait, wait, like, hang on, is there like some like million dollar equipment? The studio, I don't know about? yeah, the equipment, like the, I mean, the studios, studios are. Yeah. They're recording in L.A. and New York. I mean, or like there's one spot in Miami that some pop artists record at, which is uh, the uh, um, used to be called Criteria, and now it's called I can't remember. I, I'm drawing blank, but anyways. It's like the like those studios are like just ridiculous. But then also the production that's that's what you're paying for. I production. guess it's that's it's so the tiniest money, nuanced bullshit that nobody would notice that it's there. However, when you know it, when it's not there, you notice that it's gone. Uh. Type shit. You know what I mean? All right, let's 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 pick it up. Okay, okay. Uh, uh, my second <laughs> or my first unpopular opinion is I like to be busy. I feel like I operate. At a better rate, I feel like. Um, I feel like most people would be on board. I feel like with it's that. a popular opinion. Yeah, you think so? Very yeah. popular. I mean, I feel like I, it, I feel like most feel people like are people like they there. get stressed out and they they want it like. And when I when I'm busy, like I'm working, like I I sleep and then the, the rest of the day is is scheduled. Yeah. So that's my business. No, mo- I feel like most people want to be like that. Really? They get stressed out, but huh. they, but they're but they're de- it's difference between being stressed out from being busy versus being depressed from having having nothing to do. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. I guess so. I I figure some people were. More more into like relaxation. What do you think, Adam? Well, I think 
good, great contribution. I think I don't, I think I, I right. think, I think I don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so well, you don't have to do an unpopular opinion just yet. I, we were asking you what you thought about being busy. Do you think being busy is better than not being busy? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because it's mean, not an unpopular opinion. You're just being lazy today, Bill. I hate <laughs> to tell you. Anyways, uh, my... <laughs> I'm being busy. Yeah, exactly. I like it. My, uh, my second unpopular opinion is uh, smoking weed is boring. <laughs> I'm sorry. I... Th- I was wa- so I was watching uh, I was rewatching Weeds recently. Oh, you oh, it's a terrible oh, show. Oh, the show Weeds is boring. No, no, no that's not boring. It's it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, right. it's it's a terrible show regardless, but that's not what I'm talking about. They they were saying that they were describing Weeds like it's a uh, it's a super fun drug that makes you feel awesome and 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 blah blah. I was like listening it's to the, the description. Drug there and I was is. like I was like this is not a fun drug. Nothing. It's it's it, it makes you you smoke it, and for me, it gives me super high anxiety and paranoia. So I so for but like for other people, it's like some of my best friends where I'm just like where I'm like uh, you're typically really fun to hang around, but you smoked weed now you're just being lazy and boring. This sucks. It's well, like it can be. I mean, it I don't know. It affects mood. It affects uh, energy level and certain things but there's also there's a lot of benefits to, uh, pause no no, no the camera just cut out but we're yeah, audio is still going so we're oh, good sweet yeah we're this hey, is super hey, yeah oh, <laughs> we could do weird shit yeah <laughs> sweet i'm yep. just touched me inappropriately you guys I, I know you didn't see that but it happened um, me too hashtag well i mean like i, like, I smoke weed uh, like i feel like it can like kind of like it can it can change it definitely affects the way that you feel and you the way you interact with your environment and like certain times like yeah it's not it it does put me in a state where I'm just like useless like kind yeah. of like tired or sleepy or something like that but like for like I mean I do it for enjoyment rather than like um, medically and there's certain people that really do like have the effects of um, they, it doesn't have the same effect that it has on you where like it causes anxiety in you. A lot of people have the opposite. Where yeah. It anxiety. No. Ma- like, ma- ma- make it. it has, le- I feel like it has its uses. Yeah, um, it definitely does. Make it legal and and do all that and and have and everyone should smoke it if they want to. I'm just saying it's boring. At the end of the day, it's like I've never hung out with somebody unless it doesn't affect them. Like, there's people that I know. Like I have friends of mine that just smoke weed, like all or just like oil or, or do dabs like all day. And like it doesn't change their state of mind at all. They're just like normal, and that's fine. Like, I, but like mo- a lot of my friends or people that I know, when they smoke weed, they just get less talkative, and they're not as like fun to be around. I'm just like, okay, you just got like boring, and I'm on to somebody like else. Like that deflated. Give me a couple rails to blow down real quick. Let's do it. Let's Ooh. have a party. Twenty three oh five, everybody. I was coming joking. back. I don't from do Miami. or endorse doing coke. I'm just saying. Miami. <laughs> Uh, uh, my second unpopular opinion is Jaguars. The Jaguars aren't going to win any more games this year. Yeah, I'm useless in this. In this I don't. Topic, do you watch? So. Do you watch? Are you fa- uh, not much, but I mean that that could that po- that's very plausible. I, I'm that's I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. Just do the math on it. Gardner like, Minshew yes. as uh, I had 95 percent completion rating. It means that he passed 20 and uh, did 19. So I, how many homers he's hitting this year? That's okay. all I'm saying. Yeah. I'm trying to explain <laughs> this sports balls. football to him. Yeah, he's not a big sports ball fan, but <laughs> he didn't. He he averaged eight yards per pass, and everyone's like, "Oh, we're back!" I'm like, "Okay, yeah, okay. That's not, that is sounds, not very. That's not very awesome. good. Yeah, that's great." So <laughs> my uh, last unpopular opinion is that I hate dancing. And uh, let what? me let me explain Wait. this. Yeah, that's okay. a very yeah, yeah, yeah. This needs some explanation. Yeah, I'll explain. 
Uh, I don't. I'm. I'm not into dancing. And like yourself, or like watching people dance. Oh, people can dance all they want. I don't give a shit. It doesn't bother me. You just hate dancing I, yourself. I don't like to dance. And here's the thing: is that when people come up to me and try to force me to dance, as if I'm not having a good time already, that shit <laughs> drives me fucking crazy. Oh, you just got. You just got to lose and have a good time. So yeah, I'm having a great time. Or I was until you try to convince me to dance. Because now you're just yeah. get like I'm trying to listen to the music or the band that's playing right now because. Uh, that's just how I enjoy the experience and you're getting in my way of doing that. So now I was having a great time and you forcing me to try and have a good time is making me have a terrible time. So fuck you and get away from me. <laughs> Basically is what I'm saying. That's pretty serious. I don't, th- <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I, I don't think I've ever disagreed with you more. Really? Because obviously I love dancing. More Do you than like, I've never seen you dance before. Really? You've never seen what? me dance? Well, we've only hung out at shows when we're playing. So. But you see me on stage. I'm dancing. Yeah, you're dancing on stage. <laughs> my own music. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. Talking, he's talking about someone else coming and like forcing. No, no, no. no I get it. Yeah. I get it. I was like, yeah, the whole time, always. Yeah. If 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 I'm watching, I'll dance when there's no music. On. If I'm watching a band play, yeah, I will. If I'm watching a band play, and I'm like. I'm really watching them and listening to them. And the last thing I want to be doing is just dis- is get distracted from that. So when someone comes to you, say, "Why aren't you dancing? Oh my god, we're, we're, you're not having fun." It's like I'm having an amazing time. And the <laughs> band's amazing. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm, I'm, I'm just I experience this in a different way than you but do. Also, loosen up a little bit. No, I, I'm very loose. I'm very loose. <laughs> yeah. I'm real loose, guys. I'm yeah. just saying, I'm real, I'm real loose. Yeah, really, <laughs> yeah. Real loose. <laughs> yeah, real loose. Gotta let that that thing to out. You don't want to see, you, you guys. You, you guys got, don't want to see that. You got to just let it fly a little He's bit. Got a little, you got the free fly. fly. You, you, I can't do. I'm not good at alliterations. You, I, you a, just, I can't say. <laughs> I have a speech impediment. A tongue twister. Yeah, I can't. I'm not good with alliterations. Otherwise, you're gonna get your prostate's gonna just explode bro, by I'm, the time you're I'm fucking, fucking 50. I'm fucking loose, bro. Yeah. I'm like I'm like a hooker in, on his in Times Square. Fucking I'm loose. Saying. I'll tell you that I'm, much. I'm like in the 70s. I'm just saying. I got a very I got a very tight butthole because I dance. <laughs> it's like a balloon knot. <laughs> All right. All right. Anyways, uh, my last unpopular opinion is uh, I'm kind of upset that the end of the world isn't going to happen anymore. It looks like everything's getting a little bit better slowly, but I was kind of waiting for like, oh, let's see how far we can get. I, I feel like, I feel like we all kind of were. I feel like we all kind of were. I think we were all ready for it. Because everyone just realized, like, I cannot work and just live. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> I that thought going. that was going to be the case. I thought we were all like, okay, we're just going to gonna go Mad Max. Never got to the Thunderdome. Never got to, yes. like, scorch the earth. Usually no nuclear holocaust. Point. It could still be a possibility, though. <sighs> Usually doesn't get to no, that I point. Think, I think it's, it's been taming down for a little bit. No, what I think what I think happened, honestly, is, like, we were, we were flying way too close to the sun. We were all way too happy before, and then we, we got put in our really? place. <laughs> And I think I think we were right before right before all this stuff happened. We were just like the economy was booming, it was great. Everything else in the uh, country, like it was like kind of being ignored and everything. Billy, but, Billy's a big Trump guy. I'm just saying. Uh, 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 for sure, yeah. Let's get him. <laughs> let's let's get him. Like, is he coming on the next? He's coming on the, the bill? Yeah, <laughs> I'm he's coming to Florida soon, so we'll get him on here. He's we'll here. Sure. He's here. We'll we'll in Mar-a-Lago. We we'll get Donnie gets it done. I was, I was trying to say like Donnie does get it done. <laughs> he does. He's what well, I think. Whether you like what he's getting done or not, he gets it done. The, the whole, the whole. <laughs> I'm not sure I do a podcast. So he got, he got asked, he got asked at his town hall. Uh, what's my favorite thing that he's ever said? Uh, is uh, he got asked on his town hall, would you, if 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 you could go back in time, would you change anything else about this year? And he goes, absolutely not. <laughs> he's like, I would have done everything exactly the same way. I think we did our best. Yeah. <laughs> Donnie gets it done. And yeah. look at it. It's true. It, we're on a decline, and the rest of the world has been done with this for like you know forever. And yeah. we're you know. Yeah. Halfway. Yeah. He's getting it done. He's getting it done. Yeah. All right. 
Well, so, okay. <laughs> Adam, you got any unpopular opinions? No, I'm stumped after that one. Yeah, Great. that's, that's <laughs> pretty much really. You don't want you just don't want to say it on camera. That's fine. We don't have to yeah, say it on fine, camera. Fine. Anyways, this has been another episode of Bottom of the Bill. Thank you guys for tuning in. And make sure if you have any questions or unpopular opinions yourselves, make sure you email us at bottomofthebill at gmail.com. And uh, make sure you're checking out Adam uh, with his bands Danka and Bonnie Blue. Um, and we and we do have tickets for sale for Monster Mash coming up at the end yeah, of October. Uh, and I know Adam does too, right? You got some tickets for sale for that? Yeah, we didn't talk about that once. We're all going to be playing together. You don't have any tickets for that? No, all right. So Bonnie Blue is now any tickets for sale? All right. So don't hit Bonnie Blue up for tickets. Hit us up for tickets because we got them for sale. So we'll uh, see you guys next week. Adios, muchachos.